Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut okay. up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy the episode. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> You didn't say it. Cheers. Hmm. I like it. I do too. And I normally don't like gold tequila, but I feel like I can't really taste. Like, you know, like that very specific sort of like flavor that tequila has. I can taste that. The agave. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't really taste like the tequila. I think it's because of the honey. Makes sense. Very good. I like it. Um, Oh, I really like that too. Good pick, Raven. Thank you very in line um how are you (laughs) um i am incredibly stressed because my work has been hell for the past couple of weeks um and i assume by the time this episode comes out it will still have been hell because the next few months are not looking good um But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working through it. I'm dealing with it. And now I'm hanging out with one of my best friends and, you know, dealing with that. So. Dealing with that? Well, I mean, like, dealing with that through this. Okay. Because how you, fr- I was like, Raven? No, I meant it more as like, this is helping <laughs> no, 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 you deal I, with it. No, yes, no, yes, I'm, Campbell, I'm I love just you. Messing with, I'm just joshing you. <laughs> Josh. Uh, how are uh, you doing, Campbell? I'm doing, this was a very stressful week for me as well with work, um, the world. Um, everything. Um, listeners, uh, we are recording this episode November 7th, 2020. Yes. So that is all the context we're going to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kimba, what have you been listening to this week? I have been listening to, um, a lot of Vampire Weekend this week. Because I really like, Vampire Weekend was, like, one of definitely my favorite bands when I was, like, in, like, high school. And then I remember, I think it was the summer after freshman year of college, they had an album that came out that like I was not a fan of and it was really heartbreaking. I have since grown to like kind of like it. Yeah. But their most recent music is so good. Okay. Okay. It's so good. So I've just been listening to like, you know, all the entire discography. Yes. That word. All week. Nice. What about you? What have you been listening to, Raven? 
Um, so I actually haven't really been listening to much music this week because I have instead obsessively been listening to the news. Um, so pretty much any time I would have listened to music Gross. this week, I like including like it literally got to the point that um, even while I was working, like I always had NBC like going in my ear, and pretty much the only time I wasn't actively listening to the news or checking the news was when I was asleep. So probably just add it to my stress. Um, but I did listen to a little bit of music yesterday to kind of like relax and stuff like that. And I have discovered, because I was listening to the radio for like the first time in years. Um, Mm -hmm. and I actually discovered this new country artist. Well, I don't know if they're new, but new to me, uh, country artists that I like, uh, Maddie and Tay. Um, they have this song called Die From A Broken Heart and it's really cute. It also kind of gives me a little bit like Miranda Lambert vibes who I really like. So they're pretty cool. They, they seem like kind of like. Carrie Underwood ish, Miranda Lambert ish. I like, I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it a little bit for this week. So as you can tell from the title, this week Campbell and I will be talking about one of the best DreamWorks films to ever exist, Road to El Dorado. Which is interesting that you say that because I haven't seen this movie in a very, very long time, and I remember loving it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think it holds up for me. What? Yeah. Oh no, I was literally, this is one of those movies for me that I can quote. I can, I can maybe see, I can maybe see, but also I don't agree. Um, yeah. So the, so this movie is obviously based on like the mythical city of El Dorado, um, mm-hmm. which is, is sort of like a, almost like an Atlantis in terms of like just the mythology and the legend. Um, but the thing I think is interesting, so El Dorado itself actually like means the golden one in Spanish. Um, and it was actually originally based off of a mythical like tribal chief, like a singular person um, of the Muisca, Muisca? I think that's how it's pronounced. Not entirely sure. Pronouncing it wrong, please forgive me. Um, but a mythical tribal chief of the Muisca people um, who are an indigenous people of a region I can't pronounce in Colombia. Um, and apparently, like, as the sort of initiation rite, he, like, covered himself with golden dust um, and was submerged into a lake. And so there were, like, all these different legends around him, um, and he earned the name El Dorado. And the legends just kind of, like, changed and evolved over time, as legends and myths and stuff do. Um, and so it went from being, like, a man to a city to a kingdom to an empire and all kinds of stuff. Um so then, of course, as Europeans were beginning to explore the globe and look for places that they can conquer and bend to their will, um, they discovered this legend of El Dorado and wanted to find it for like all of the gold and um, all of the riches that it could supply. So in this particular movie, um, the particular explorer or conquistador, um, that we see is Hernan Cortez, or her, I think his full name is Hernan Cortez, Hernan Cortez de, Monroe, de, de, Monroe. de Monroy y Pizarro Altamirano. Yep. Yes. Um, who was... Suck. Yes, very much. Um, and he was a very well-known like Spanish conquistador um, who led a bunch of different expeditions, including many that caused the fall of the Aztec Empire. Just... Inherently. Um, and also yeah. is pretty much responsible for um, kind of uh, colonizing all of Mexico, a lot of Central America, and you know, just a lot of what we know as the um, Latin and Hispanic communities today. 
non-indigenous non-indigenous yes yes um i think he was also the one it was it was the spaniards in general but i think he may have also specifically been the one who brought horses to north america um because they're not i i think so because i remember learning like those expeditions with him yes because i remember learning that horses aren't necessarily indigenous to north america um like a lot of them they like they were brought over on purpose um they brought over uh groups of them and they kept some and then purposely like uh sort of made some wild so that they could breed and create more and more horses um for them to subdue during their imperialization of north america and south america and central america and lots of indigenous peoples that uh they wanted to subdue and again bend to their will um and steal all of their resources so that's great love and history just kill and, rape and just you know and kill rape, completely all. destroy yes all of them yes genocide yes indeed um <laughs> humans are wonderful um oh, so yeah so that's the background for this movie <laughs> lovely topic well there's a little bit more <laughs> okay okay um so the like the plot is kind of loosely also based off of Rudyard uh, Kipling. Oh, story. actually didn't know that. Yeah, the, the man who would be king. Um, they like took um, like, you know, some things from that. Um, but originally when they were de- in like development, this movie was supposed to be not like a comedy. It was supposed to be more serious. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, so, like, they the creators were supposed to, like, make an animated film based off, like, you know, this, like, Age of Discovery. Um, and so it was supposed to be, like, way more dramatic. I think Miguel was supposed to die, then come back to life, and then people believed he was a god then. Um, and then, um, it was originally supposed to be, like, PG-13. It's supposed to be, oh. like, especially the um, shell, the character, was supposed to be more sexualized more sexualized Um, yes interesting um but like they this was in productions around the same time as prince of egypt um so katzenberg decided that the next like animated movie thing like that um shouldn't be like a serious movie um so at that point it was changed to like an adventure comedy okay so there wouldn't be two like heavy movies kind of around the same time yeah. oh, i guess that makes sense yeah. okay okay um so so like miguel and tulio they were like more they were rewritten to like the characters like who they are now like their personalities um they like el dorado was changed to a setting instead of um to now being like more kind of like a lush like paradise mm-hmm. that was an original what the originally what they had in mind and they had to, like, design, like, new clothing and, and designs for Shell yeah. as well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I, I, I do like the movie as as this presented now, so I'm, I'm glad they made that change. Um, although I do think it would be interesting to see that kind of original concept for the film. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, yes. And so then in line with this movie, um, as we always do, we're drinking one that's kind of along the theme. So the one that we're drinking this week is actually a cocktail I found that is an El Dorado cocktail. Um and it is, so it's made with uh, gold tequila, obviously, because you kind of have to, um, mm-hmm. lemon and honey. And I think it is very delicious. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. I like it. I, th- I, I think the it. flavors balance very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so just kind of getting into it a little bit. Um, 
this is a slightly different musical in the sense that a lot of the songs aren't necessarily being sung by, I think only one of the songs is actually sung by the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's still... But that was intentional. That was intentional, yeah. Um, it's still, at least in our opinions, fits the bill for a musical in the sense that the music is actively part of the plot um, and actively kind of like pushes the plot along and stuff and engages the characters. Um, so we're considering it a musical for the purpose of this podcast because it's our podcast and we can do whatever we want. So. Yeah. So with that, a lot of these songs are sung by Elton John. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elton John and Tim Rice were like, I know you're going to talk about this later, but just like quickly, um, they were asked to compose like a certain amount of songs like for this. So Yeah. Yeah. But um, the first song... Um, well, we see the DreamWorks logo and then um, the DreamWorks theme and very much like flamenco guitar styling. Yes. Um, and then we get into the song El Dorado. Um, which this song for me, when I hear it, is just instant nostalgia. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the horns in this uh, song are so beautiful. And to me, like it's just the art style like of the animation during this song um how they depicted the way like the carvings um are kind of drawn and like they picked it they picked mm-hmm. in that sort the of animation mural. style yeah, yeah. it's just it's, it's just really cool for me and to me it, it just does a really good job of kind of introducing the story marks is really good at animating things they really are yeah so basically the song is um through like the different mural arts it's kind of depicting through um depicting like the legend that is el dorado yeah um that the gods made the city of gold a thousand years ago. Um, and just kind of the, the tone and the style of the song, um, does a good job at like, um, invoking like a sense of adventure kind of thing. It makes it seems like wondrous and mysterious and things like that. Yeah. I think, I think all of the songs really do that. And I, I think this is one of the beauties of the way this, um the way this movie is composed uh both the songs and the actual uh like backing soundtrack because to me every single song in this movie no matter the specific subject of the song all of them evoke some sense of like wander and travel and want and like adventure lust um and i think I also think because of that, this movie, and I'm going to talk about specific spots in this, but I think this movie does a really great job of really capturing how it's the way that the notes are played that give the music its tone. Um, like the melody itself, the physical notes on the page are obviously very important, but the the way that the musicians and the conductor express those notes is integral to what that music makes the audience feel. And I think... Um, this movie really shows that. Yeah. I would say that for a lot of professional musicians. Well, there's a yeah, there's a particular song and a particular scene that I'm thinking of with that. Um, oh, okay. But well, multiple spots. Up when we get to yeah. it. Okay. So then we see... Um, so then it, like, all washes away. Um, foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> and then we see um, Cortez in... Um, we're in Spain, 1519. Um and we see Cortez and his horse. Altivo. Uh, Altido. Um, these two voice actors, horse included. Tell me about them. Crazy. Well, who voiced Cortez? Um, Jim Cummings, we've already talked about before because he was the singing voice for Rasputin in 
Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, he's been, he's Winnie the Pooh, um, Tigger, um, the Taz from Looney Tunes. Um, he's in the Tick. Uh, he's Darkwing Duck. Um, voice gar- in Gargoyles. He was Shredder, like a bunch of things. Um, but we also have um, Frank Welker, who plays Altivo. Um, do you know who that is? I do not. Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. And some more recent things, also voicing Scooby-Doo. Nibbler in Futurama. Monkey from Dexter's Laboratory. Um, From the beginning, Megatron and most adaptations of Transformers. Okay. That one SpongeBob episode where um, SpongeBob's scared to go outside and then there's a gorilla, a wild gorilla attack. Oh, yes, yes. He's the gorilla. Um... (laughs) But he also voices um, Dragon from Shrek. Interesting. There are other ties to Shrek from this movie, besides obviously the animation studio as well. But interesting. Yeah. And I just think it's so cool um, because there's a lot of voice actors who are very good um, at playing different animals and creatures. Oh, Alan Tudyk. He's doing that, but he is also main speaking characters as well. Yeah, that's wild. Like that's a lot of talent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um yeah, so we see Cortez with his uh with his horse Altivo. Um and we see that they're like gearing up for an expedition. Um gearing up to like uh they're stockpiling a bunch of ships, he's gathering his crew and everything and getting ready to set sail uh that evening, basically. Um and then we cut over to our two heroes, Miguel and Tulio. Miguel's my spirit animal, first of all. I love him in this movie. Um, but yeah, so we see we see Miguel and Tulio are gambling. They're playing dice with um, other citizens of this. Well, they were playing... Okay, so they were playing dice with, like, some of Cortez's um, sailors. Yes, but I thought some yeah. of them... I didn't think all of them were Cortez sailors. I thought it was just, like, the two well, that they the were main, directly... the main guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so, yeah, what was I going to say? Uh, keep going. All right. Um, yeah, and so, so then, uh, they, they end up winning with Tulio's dice, um, and we see that the guy is just like, oh, well, you know, let's play, like, one more role, um, but just, but with my dice, and he's just like, you don't have anything else to bet, you've lost all your money. Zaragoza, that, that's the guy's name. Okay. Um, you don't have anything else to bet. Um, so then the guy offers up this map um, to the mythical city of El Dorado, um, or the legendary city, I guess, of El Dorado. Um, and so he, Miguel is immediately enthralled by it. Like Tulio's just like, ah, eh, whatever, it's a map. And Miguel's just like, a map, you say? Um, and yeah, so then, so then they end up playing and they use the guy's dice and they end up winning and then Tulio's dice fall out and obviously land on a seven because they're loaded. Um, and the guy like rolls them, well, not rolls, but like hits them multiple times. Um, and they always land on seven. He's like, you guys are using loaded dice. And one of my first favorite quotes, um, when Tulio is just like, you gave me loaded dice to Miguel. And Miguel is just like, you dare impugn my honor. And I love their, I love their fake fights when they're yeah. trying to like get out of a situation. So they like start a fight with each other and then just like dance away basically. Yeah. And I just, 
All right, let's just talk about Tulio and Miguel. Yes. Between the two of us, who would be who? I am Miguel because you are not Miguel. And I feel like you were Tulio. But I don't think you're Miguel. I think I'm more Miguel than you are. And I, but I don't think I'm more Tulio than you are. I disagree. I feel like you are Tulio and you want to be Tulio. I feel like I'm more Tulio, but I want to be Miguel. So you're fake. Yes. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so just talk more about Tulio and Miguel. Um, Tulio is voiced by Kevin Kline, um, who's been in a million things, won Tony Awards for um, on the 20th century and um, as the Pirate King in Pirates of Penzance. Um, And Tale of Despero um, was in Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, Fish Called Wanda. He's Mr. Fish Odor in Bob's Burgers. Um, Sophie's Choice, The Big Chill. Um, Amazing, amazing things. Um, and then Miguel's played by um, a true patron of the stage, uh, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Branagh, um, who, you know, was a part of the Royal Shakespeare Company, um, directed oh, wow. Henry V in 1989. Oh, he, wow. like, brought about, like, much ado about nothing. Um, played, oh, like, the, the film version or the play? What? The film version of the, the play? The film version. Ooh, there's another tie to that from one of our composers. Continue. Nice. Um, but he's also Gilderoy Lockhart. Ooh! Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. And then uh, Zaragoza, the guy they swindled, played by uh, Tobin Bell. Um, Like, very, not most, I don't, very notably known as Jigsaw from the Saw movies. Um, And then, yeah. Yeah. They kind of, so they're like, you know, acting, acting the part, arguing with each other. They take swords from... The guards. Officials. I th- yeah, I think they're guards, just city guards. Yeah. Which, like, who are just um, standing there watching citizens gamble? That's eh, fine. Okay. <laughs> um, and so then um, they're, like, epically fighting on a rooftop. And they're like, you know what, everyone? We've decided to call it a draw. <laughs> but no, I love... Okay, so, like, as they're fighting, some of their lines... I only I only actively wrote down one of them. Because, like, I decided I couldn't... We've write... skipped so many important things. What has happened besides seeing... The opening scene, seeing Cortez, and then seeing them gamble and fight. Um, uh, well, because, like, when, right before they do the final dice roll, um, or they're talking about the map and stuff, Miguel does the face. And so you see their, like, you know, relationship as former lovers, um, which, I mean, that's what they are. But we also have the meme of Miguel oh, with the strum And, like, slowly <laughs> walking away. There's, okay, there, this movie, there's been so many gifts from this movie, like, in the past, what, like five years? Yeah. Something like that. Like every other scene. Oh yeah. Has been memed. That that is fair, Kim. We did we did skip those I Yeah, kind of I was like, uh, you're like, what did we miss? The memes. <laughs> the most <laughs> the important thing memes. about the movie. Um And then Tulio's weakness, Miguel. Yes, very much so. Um And so yeah, and so I I was there fighting. I love some of their lines. Like one of their lines, uh, Tulio says, uh, let your sword do the talking. And Miguel says, I will. And it will be loquacious to a fault. And I just... I Okay, Raven, <laughs> I literally wrote down the, the like quote you're saying. I literally wrote them together and have next to it, Raven's going to talk about these. <laughs> you know me if, so well. <laughs> if anything, if not like anything, but for the vocabulary. Yes. Look, people don't use the word loquacious enough. It's a great word. No. It's a fantastic word. Um, 
Yes. Also, uh, yeah. So they so they get up to I the rooftop. They do this yep. big fight. This big flare. Um, oh wow, you have a lot more of your drink left than I do. Um, I will slow down. Um, I'm savoring. No, I was not. I was downing. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So then they do this epic flare, and they're just like, "Yes, we have decided to make up and go about our way. Have a wonderful day." Um, obviously, still taking the money and the map and stuff like that with them. Um, and so then they just like jump over the edge of the roof and like congratulate each other like oh my gosh that was great that was awesome you did so well um and then uh this is where we find out that they are literally just bards that are going on uh random adventures because they don't have any uh class of reason among them (laughs) no they don't have a cleric they don't have a paladin um, no one who's high in wisdom and intelligence, just charisma. That's it. Yep. Um, so yeah, so they make their daring escape, um, and they're confronted with this massive heaving bull um, on the other side of this wall. Uh, and I love <laughs> one of the animation things that I love. So I love when uh, cartoon characters uh, are animated doing things that obviously defy like physics, like kind of like. Um, uh, with like Wiley Coyote when he would like run off the edge of a cliff and then pause, look yeah. down and fall. I love stuff like that. And so I love mm-hmm. um, when Tulu's just like, okay, why don't you pet it and I run? And when he gets up to run, he actually runs in place for like two or three steps. Very minor thing, but I just I just love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So then so then they both uh, run away and like end up climbing over the fence. Um, <laughs> So they jump over this wall. They're like standing on. They're standing on the edge of it, um, and they're. Then the bull force pushes the entire wall against a building. Yes, yes, um, and they are like teetering on the edge of this like big drop on the edge of this building, and they see like obviously all the people like running after them, um, as you know is standard for this type of cartoon. Um, and there are these two like little barrels of water that I'm just like one. That's not going to break your fall. Even if you manage to make it into the barrel, that's not that's not how physics works, yeah. fam. I do like how they're <laughs> they do bet on their survival. Yeah, but only like two pesetas, which I I don't know what a peseta is like a penny in like today like yeah currency. I think I think one like one peseta um is like point zero one US dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know the conversion rate but that that doesn't seem like very much money so um clearly they don't value their lives very much which uh you see come into play quite a bit throughout the movie um yeah yeah so they like are put in the barrel um and so then it gets sealed um oh well they like get moved onto the ship they're like rolling around something gets put on top Mm -hmm. they're talking while this is happening yes to each other like in the barrels yep but then when the, the, the weight is on the barrels and then they poke out the holes and then the whatever water or brine mm-hmm. comes out so they can talk and mm-hmm. breathe, that is when they can... So the barrels were full yep. and they couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. No, I'm here with you. Talking. I'm here with you. Yep, okay. Campbell, that's just, that's not how oxygen works. You are correct. <laughs> no. Because no, yeah, no, you see that... No. So, okay, so I like to think there was some like air because cause, maybe at the very very top yeah because for them it was, to speak with each other because it was full when they jumped in they had to like and so just down. like the basic displacement of mass you know like of matter they would have you know some of the water would have emptied out but no you were correct that's that's not how sound or oxygen or human bodies or physics work yes 
Very much so. When we were just talking about, like, love it when, you know, physics are suspended. Yeah, but, like, suspended in ways that are... Physics, you cancel. <laughs> um, I my like my Raven. physics to be suspended in very Do specific ways. Uh, yeah and so yeah so yeah so okay so they're trying to uh push themselves out so, they, so that he's like oh yeah on we'll count to three and on three we'll just you know jump out of the barrel and you know make our escape so then as they're counting gt guys come over and load a, a very heavy crate onto on top of both of their barrels just as they get to three um so then obviously they can't push it up um and uh, we see them like trying again and again, and then it transitions to presumably hours later. Um, and they try one more time just as the guys are taking the crate off of them. Um, and they jump straight out of the barrel. And um, <laughs> the guy don't understand. Why is there a spotlight on a ship? Um, yeah, especially in the 1500s. I feel like there are a lot of spotlights in this movie uh, with, in places that are illogical for them to exist. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll just move past it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, the, so now everyone on the ships... Then they're thrown into the brig. Yeah, well, no. Before they're thrown into the brig, they're thrown before Cortez, who says, um, oh. you will be flogged. I think within like an inch of your life. Or she says something like that. She says, you'll be flogged. Oh, yeah. And then when we You're reach right. the port in Cuba um, and exchange like our goods and stuff, you will be flogged again. Um, and then you'll be enslaved on the sugar plantations, blah, 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 blah. And Miguel is like, all right, Cuba. And I'm just like, Miguel, I love you. Just always, you know, silver line. You're just always looking on the bright side of life. Yeah. Um, then they're throwing the break. Then, yes. Um, because, uh, I mean, Cortez can have stowaways. I mean, um, his crew was as carefully crafted as the disciples of Christ. <laughs> Which I'm just like, Seems a bit presum- presumptuous to me, but all right. Um, but also, wasn't Judas a disciple? Judas was indeed a disciple. You are correct. So that is even funnier that they are freed by... The horse. His horse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so then we see them... Uh, again, time's gone by. Uh, and we see Tulio just banging his head against the wall. Presumably, it has been for quite a while because he has a black eye and i'm just like you'd think at some point you would just stop because it's causing physical damage but uh apparently not um pe- people hurt themselves all the time right yeah but it... yeah, yeah 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 um so then yeah so then they're trying to come up with an escape plan and uh tulio uh i think his plan was to he was just like oh at in the, in the middle of the night we'll sneak out we'll grab provisions get a rowboat and you know shanghai our way back to spain um and miguel's like great i'm here with it how are we going to get on deck and he's just like so in the middle of the night we'll grab some provisions (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and so then miguel has the idea to like lure altiva over with an apple um and and basically because they won't give altiva any food because he's on half rations which i think is implying that he's on a diet but i'm just like He's a war horse, and he's obviously quite, you know, large and muscular. So wouldn't you want to be feeding him well to keep his energy up? But you know, maybe yeah. that's just me. Um, maybe he's pre-diabetic. Well, do you want do you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize what you just said, and I just like punched my glasses <laughs> off my face in reaction, which is something I've never done before. You're welcome. Um, I was going to say, do you want a fully active horse? crossing the atlantic on a boat uh, that's a fair point actually that's a good point 
Yeah, so um, Miguel um, blurs over Altivo with an apple. Yes. And it was like, you can get this, but you have to get me a pry bar. Yes, it's like it's so a long metal rod with a hook thing at the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then Tulio's like, you know, uh, hoisting him up. Um, and he's like, he's a horse, he's not going to understand. Blah, 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 blah. And then Altiva goes away to... Get a pry bar. Maybe get a pry bar. And when Tulio's um, cynicism, um, keys drop. <laughs> he's just like, well, it's not... A pry bar. Which is like, Tulio, you are technically correct. Which is the which best is kind of correct. Um, correct. But also the horse is smarter than you. So, <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, so then Miguel like throws the apple out of the brig for him. Um, and it just all kinds of wild physics happens. Because it just like bounces off of everything. Um, maintains all of its momentum. And ends up... Uh, flying off the side of the ship as they're climbing down in a long in a longboat, um, and then Altivo uh, jumps overboard after the apple. And I'm like, Altivo, as smart as you are, given that you were able to one understand that they're trying to get an instrument to get them out of the brig, find the keys, get the keys, and give the keys to them. I think you can find the store of apples. Like, I think. <laughs> yeah. And also, as smart as you are to be tricked by a singular apple to release prisoners, I, the intelligence um, goes into question. Yeah, Altivo is a selectively smart, selectively dumbass horse. Um, so us. <laughs> indeed. Um, so then, yeah, so Miguel and Tulio, um, they end up climbing down in the longboat to get, like, to... Uh, help Altivo to help get him out of the water um, and end up, here's the thing, I assume it was maybe the next ship in the lineup because, mm-hmm. so they, they drop down from the side of the ship, but then a few seconds later, there's a ship coming like broadside to them. Uh, I don't, I don't know if ships move that fast, but there's also a storm going on. So it's whatever. Um, yeah. I don't understand. Then, I don't like, understand ships enough I, to, to negate that. <laughs> you don't understand ship. Um, which is, Tulio says the line, um, they're all about to be like, you know, T-boned, dead, I'm T-boned, but like ship. It's still a T-boned. Um, it makes a T. <laughs> Holy um, ship. Is yeah. What he says. And I was like, ha, the joke is he almost said shit. <laughs> ha ha ha. Oh, here's my down. thing here's my thing for someone. And then, it, then they go into the worst joke I've ever like that. Like I hate the bit. Finish your thought, and I'll go into what I hate that happens immediately. Oh, yes. No, I know exactly what you're going to say, and I agree with you. Um, but Then you can say it for me. Go no, ahead. that's fine. We'll see if you're um, right. Nope. <laughs> but I understand why they were avoiding saying shit, but also I feel like some of oh, the yeah, things no, like, that I they say later with the introduction of Chell's character, I just feel like mm, you could have gotten away with it. But yes, Cam will continue with what irritated you about this scene. Do you really want me to say it? Yeah. Okay, so the part that irritates Campbell is when uh, Miguel is just like, well, at least it can't get any... And like in the middle of him saying worse, um, it immediately starts pouring. And Tulio's just like, were you going to say worse? And it's... I I get that it's an overdone that wasn't joke. The part. But that wasn't the part? Wait, what was the part that... It was. Oh, I was like, Campbell! <laughs> <It> was. <laughs> I don't want to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> Even though I just made you say it all for me, so... Anyway. Um, Anywho... I'm feeling aggressive. You seem why. aggressive, but like in a, in a you should match my match my energy. Right now. This is on you. <laughs> what? Speaking of which, are you finally done with your drink? I've been done. I've been done since before you, so don't even give me that. 
I, I didn't say anything against you. I just answered your question. Anyway. Aggressive. I like Drink it. number two. It <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Into okay. it. Into it. Um, yeah. So they are now lost at sea. Yes. Which the, the thought of just being on open water, stranded, nothing around you but ocean is horrifying. Yes. With the stranded part. To me, like, I want to experience being completely on... No. I want to experience being completely on just open ocean with no land in sight, but on a secure boat with provisions and the means to get back to land. (laughs) A crew. Yes. Anyway... Anywho. Um, yeah, so so they're they're lost at sea. Um, we see. Uh, so okay, so they're, they're at first rowing. Are we going to talk about the bird? And then, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, so at first we see them rowing effectively. You know, very good, working in tandem. Obviously, your body's going to tire out very quickly, especially if you don't have food or water. And so they end up kind of just going in circles and then just drifting on the open water. Um, and yeah, it's at one point one of their oars is resting over the side, and we see a little, you know exhausted seagull uh, sickly you know just like <laughs> land on the end of the oar and they're just you know ooh, a tasty treat um and then the poor little seagull just gets chomped up by a, a great white shark which is like wart that is just slowly <laughs> it just slowly bites it it goes back in the end of the oar and goes back down and i like how it's like different it's like differently animated than everything else <laughs> yeah and it's so detailed and like just the sake of that commitment is so funny to me. Oh, like, That's so funny. There's some of the animation, like some of the particular spots of animation in this movie are done so well. And I'm just like, good on you animators. You've done congregation, you've done it. <laughs> um But yeah, so now they're and then they, 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 they now they're filled with regret and Tulio's like in all my life I just never had enough gold <laughs> oh, poor tulio and then miguel never had enough adventure um and just you know wanted to explore so much more and the adventure was over before it even began and then tulio's like you made my <laughs> you gave my life adventure and miguel was like and you and gave then... my you made my life rich and i was like oh <laughs> sentiment but also just y'all about to die so uh yeah. bye bye um and then they're just like you know distraught you know hands in the water mm-hmm. They're like, this is it. But then. But then. Okay, so a couple things that confused me about this. Okay, so we see that their boat suddenly stops. And they lift their hands up, and they're now filled, their hand, their palms are filled with sand. Did you think they were heading to the beach straight on, not on its side? Yes. Because that's the way, that's the way it's shown. Because, like, they, uh, their ship, is it? their ship washes up with it pointed inward. Like, it's not like it drifted sideways onto the shore. Like, it's pointed inward. Does that make sense? I thought we just see we don't see the water when we see them in the ship i think we just assume it's going in that direction. No, no no like later when we see when we see their boat like when they get out when we see their boat on the beach the like mm-hmm. the bow is like pointed forward like it is pointed in like directly in to the beach like it came to oh, i came okay. in straight on um but even right. if it didn't even if it came on sideways i'm still just like you didn't notice a landmass? They have been stranded. They've been stranded for days. They're exhausted. That's fair. They could be hallucinating. Dehyped, yeah. I was saying you didn't see nothing, but okay. <laughs> the eyes were closed. Um, yeah, so now they are uh they have found an island. 
Um, and they're at first they're just like, oh great, land, we found land, this is awesome. And then they see skulls and they're just like, mm, maybe this is not the land for us. Maybe we should, you know, hop back in the boat and row back to Spain, uh, even though it did not work the first time. But let's try it again. Let's try our luck. Um, still with no and, uh, food at or this water. Point, they they know like generally how far away the new world is and they think they can just sail back yeah because because they they, at the very least they know how long they've been on that ship and they know how long they've been drifting in this boat and you still have no food or water and tulio and the horse were just going directly back to the boat i was like fam um yeah and then miguel uh notices a couple of the like rock statues and notice that, they, that the, the the drawings, or they match up with the drawings on the his map. And so he's like, oh, Tulio, like, this is it. We found it. This is the path. Like, it matches the map. Like, everything's here. We can find El Dorado. Um, and Tulio's just like, Miguel, no, you're crazy. Um, and I think he gives him the puppy dog eyes again this time, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Um, further solidifying their status as former lovers. Um or current lovers. Or, and or current lovers. Yes, you are. I mean, it would make sense because Miguel was real jelly when he saw him with Chill. Anyway. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> another part that I love. So uh, Miguel uh, is like, he's like, oh, you know, we can find El Dorado. He's like, on this trail that we blaze. And then he like cuts down a whole bunch of vines and stuff and it's just like a rock, like a dead end. And he's like, no. On that trail that we blaze. Um, and then we get into the song, The Trail We Blaze. Which I love. This is my favorite song and my favorite. This, this, I mean, this this song is like the song of the movie. It's a really, really good song. Um, yeah, so, so The Trail We Blaze. Um, we see Tulio just getting absolutely fucked by this trail. Um, leeches and piranhas. And we also piranhas. meet the best character. The armadillo? The armadillo. I don't think it's the same armadillo though, is it? I, I like to think generally. Oh, okay. That's fair. Armadillos are indeed great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they are making their way um, downtown. Um, <laughs> I was playing that song earlier. No, oh, just on the same on the same page. And they're always. gold bound. Um, Tulio is very skeptic. Yes, very much so. Um, until, you know, as they get, like, further and further into the song, we see that he's, like, kind of getting into it. Like, he, like, takes the map himself, and it's, like, following the trail. It's like, look at you, Tulio, getting into the to the mystery of things. I also really like that they don't do the trope of, like, at odds with, like, the horse, you know? Oh, yeah. No, the horse is 100% just part of the group now. Yeah, he's just chill. He's... I love it, uh, Altivo. Um, but yeah, also, um, Turn this song... into fact. So, yeah, so I really like the lyrics um, because to me, the lyrics like really, really help capture that sense of like an adventure and the, and the sense of like, um, like antique mystery, turning legend to fact, you know, the trail of blaze and stuff like that. And it's very much like we are on an expedition, like on an exploration. We don't know what we're going to stumble upon next, but we're excited nonetheless. And I, I don't know, I really like that sense, but also I don't know why, but this song with, um, Elton John, because Elton John sings this one as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So with um, Elton John's voice, especially being backed with the choir, um, I don't know why, but this song kind of reminds me of uh, Through Heaven's Eyes from Prince of Egypt. Just in, not, not in terms of the music itself necessarily, but just like something about like the overall composition. It, it, it um, 
It makes this song gives a sense, and I think I use this word for Prince of Egypt, but you get the feeling of it being expansive. Yes. And it's continuous. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, because the composition is like continuously rising um, as he's going through the different verses and the different lyrics, and it's it's the feeling of building and the grandeur. of building up to grandeur and building up to this big reveal and this big discovery. Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. This movie... Everyone loves a good reveal. Yes, and the music in this movie does it so well. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So then we get to the end of the song. They have followed the trail. They've gone through all these, you know, perilous areas, leeches and piranhas and tigers, oh my. Um, and they end up uh, climbing up to the, to the face of this cliff and falling off. And they land one... I don't know how far they fell, but don't know how they're not grievously injured. Um, but they land in this like stone kind of area at the base of this waterfall. Like a foyer, but to an ancient civilization. Indeed, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I think the tunnel would be the foyer. I think this would be like... Oh, no, right after the tunnel would be the foyer. Yeah, I feel like this would be like a... This would be like the mailbox. yeah. Yeah, yes. Like, to, like, a farm. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so they land at the base of this, like, large, like, statue sort of carving rock. Um, And uh, Tulio wakes up first. And he's just kind of looking around. And he's just like, so, like, where's El Dorado, though? Um, So he wakes up Miguel. And um, he's just like, hey, we're here. We found it. It's a big rock. And Miguel is just like, well, you know, this is, I think this is, one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Um, Miguel's just like, well, you know, maybe Cortez got here first. And until she's like, and what? Stole all the really big rocks? The scoundrel. I, when Tulio's like, I knew we should have tried to go back to Spain or whatever he says. Why couldn't a possibility be because trying to go back to Spain is stupid? Yes. Um, also, they're wanted men. Yep. Um, I think they're wanted for like a hundred doubloons mm-hmm. which i think is only like 25 bucks but but they're whatever. obviously like they gamble for all of their money basically yeah why can't you just try to live there oh no agreed yeah. like i, I, I think like, i why? think going like regardless of whether you're going to try to find Eldorado, going back to spain was never the move yeah yeah um yeah and so so they're they're looking around and they're getting back on the horse uh, on Altivo to just, you know, turn around and go back, basically. Um, and I'm just like, again, you can still, like, you don't have to find El Dorado to be able to make a living here, but whatever. Um, and so they see uh, this girl suddenly, like, run out, um, like, around the waterfall, um, and she's being chased by a group of soldiers with, like, spears and stuff like that. Um, and and so they're, like, trying to, like, run away and everything and, and getting surrounded by the soldiers. And... <laughs> Um, and so then Tulio and this girl end up playing, um, hot potato, basically, with whatever this, like, golden relic is that she's been carrying, um, and they end up all getting captured and, uh, taken back, like, behind the waterfall, and then we see from behind this waterfall that they enter this, like, tunnel with, like, all these, yes, exactly what Campbell has as his background, um, they enter this uh, tunnel with, like, all these, like, uh, but, like, vines, I guess, um, kind of, like, falling down and stuff. Um, and then they come out into this, like, open waterway and, like, central... All the stalactites. Uh, yes. 
look at you, Campbell. Um, and just like, do you know how, how do you remember the difference between stalactite and stalagmite? Um, stalactites hold on tight and stalagmites might reach the top. Oh, interesting. Stalactites, I, tight. <laughs> tight. <laughs> but stalagmites, I always remember it as like, you might trip over them. Oh, interesting. Okay. I know some people do like, uh, stalactite, like the C is like ceiling and then stalagmite, the G is ground, which to me is like the weirdest way to remember it. I don't yeah, like that. Cause the, Cause that requires me to remember the spelling. <laughs> interesting that that's your issue with that um, yeah. um but yeah so all these stalactites um and then they it opens up into this grand beautiful golden city um where kind of uh, almost everything is made out of like or is either made out of or like kind of garnished with gold um oh and it is you know what i just thought about what the the concept of the song the trail we blaze they're not blazing the trail they're following a map yeah. Huh. I never thought about Well, they are... So they're following the map badly. Like you're actively tur- not. Tur- they're not turning legend into fact. It's fact. There's a map. Yes. Ah, oh, man. I think I just ruined that song for me. <laughs> oh, you make me... That makes me sad. Right? Anyway. It doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Thump, 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 <laughs> yeah, so we, we open out into... Really good cover of that song by the Alkaline Trio. That song is from the Muppet movie. Okay. Song by Kermit the Frog and Fozzie Bear. Oh, Don't call me Fozzie. Fozzie Bear. Waka waka. Um, yeah, and so we, we open into the city of El Dorado, and I think... Beautiful. It's so Again, DreamWorks animation. So, so beautiful. And I, I, I think it's interesting because especially in our like current society and stuff um like we just Gross. we consider like things that are if you were to walk into a room where everything was just covered in gold it would look tacky you know what i mean but like but it's but that's not what this is though. no i i agree that's what i'm saying like it's it's oh, okay. oh, it's its okay. whole like own thing and it's animated and portrayed so beautifully that it looks simultaneously like natural and wondrous at the same time yeah. yeah, nature is wonderful. In, uh, indeed, it is. Nature, uh, nature, because it's neat. <laughs> I hate you. I hate that. I don't like that. Why? I, I love do it. not care for that. That's pretty neat. It's nature. I also don't say neat. You just did. Oh, you are my least favorite person. Um, bah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah. So this is this is the scene where I was saying like the way the notes are played is what really makes the tone because the melody that's being played as they're entering El Dorado is the melody from the opening song El Dorado, but it's played very differently. Whereas that, but it's just a different style. Yeah. Well, I think that was like much more just like song form and someone was singing in blah, blah, blah. And it's this an is, instrumental this version. is orchestral and, but it's also mm-hmm. played like it's more drawn out. Like it's like the melody is played slower and um, it's just the, the... the one bit of the melody played. Grandioso. Yes, yes, it's played in grandioso. And it's just kind of the one bit of the melody drawn out and played. Sometimes we should use musical terms. That was the initial idea for this podcast. Oh, true. <laughs> um, right. And it's played Instead over and over. Recap. And here when it's, it's played, it's pure just wonder. All the songs to this point is build up. Yes, and this is like... This is the... This is the um, climax. climax. Like of, this, of, of okay. that build up of the... Um, the grandiosity of the, the rising grandeur. exposition. Yeah. Um, and this is you finally laying eyes on this legendary, beautiful city of gold and the music 100% matches. 
untouched by shitty people. Yes. So. And around this part of the movie is where we start having problems. 100%. Because we are when introduced to people, who? A lot of people. Yes, but who's the main problematic one? No, they all, well, the depiction of all of them are. Yes, but I was referring mostly to the main villain of the story. The fact that he's a villain is problematic. Interesting. Go off. Okay, so we meet Zako Khan, mm-hmm. um, who is like the antagonist along with Cortez. Um, he is voiced by Armand Asante, um, who's been in a, a bunch of things. Um, um, he was John Gody and Gody. Um, he was in Judge Dredd, a bunch of episodes in The Doctors. He's an NCIS. But he is kind of like the spiritual leader for these people. Mm-hmm. So this movie blends a lot of different Mesoamerican civilizations together. But in like a lot of them, he would like kind of be considered like the leader, like the top of the top. And like they, like everyone would follow mm-hmm. him. But they depict his religious ideals and what he does and frames him um as like like a savage like mindset and evil but that is a very eurocentric viewpoint Uh, that is unfounded because like a lot of the points they're like how dare like i mean obviously i don't agree with public executions and like humans but it's not me to say someone else is um a monster for those religious beliefs, if the people that are saying it commit the same act. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the idea of like... Way after this time period. Yeah. and Example, if you're a witch, in the eyes of God, we need to kill you publicly. Yes. Like the Salem witch trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, oh man, it just pisses me off. So they like are, one, um, they are like separating um, whatever this imaginary... Or, like, loosely, loosely, loosely based off culture and separating him as an antagonist. Although, like, people are, like, this is part of their culture. Like, although people are, like, oh, no, the bad stuff's about to happen. But, like, this is their lives. This is their culture. Um, But it's the white men be like, oh, you're wrong, obviously. Yeah. And it's presented to the audience, like, obvious, like, he's wrong. Whether, like, I, I believe public execution and things like that is wrong. But to... Um, kind of take different parts of different cultures that we already abused and frame it like that for those purposes is shit. Yeah, so they see Miguel and Tulio and they assume they are gods, Mm -hmm. which is also stupid Um, for a lot of, like, you know, the white man savior kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, they are introduced to the high priest, Zako Khan, and also the chief of the city, uh, Chief Tanabak. Um, I love him who, so much. Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, I, I didn't really understand, like, I understand, like, they want to have this kind of, like, conflict between, like, the chieftain and the spiritual um, and leader. And the high priest and the spiritual leader. But, like, it's, like realistically, it when it makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, and so, um, I forget, I forget exactly uh, what happens, but then, um Miguel is just like oh yeah you know we'll like show off our godly like the wrath and horror and might of our mm-hmm. godly power and stuff um and Zaka Khan is like no no show us yeah like please which honestly it'd be like 
proof. But like legitimately, like that's proof needed. that you are a because god. like everyone else is like blindly accepts this. Like okay, the main like the like some of the work like I don't want some horrible stereotypes of indigenous people in a lot of different me- media that's reflected also in like history and textbooks and stuff are that they are so like underdeveloped. They are um, they're stupid. They're savages. Um, the hypersexualization mm-hmm. of indigenous women, which we will get into in, in detail. detail with Chell's character. In detail for the only female main, uh, like yes. character. Basically. Yeah, the only female character. Um, yeah. Um, is All of that is presented in this movie. Like, Zekul Khan is a savage for what he believes in. Um, even though there's like, especially like with Aztec society, if this is like kind of like where they were drawing ties for it. There is, like, not evidence that, like, humans were, like, quote-unquote, sacrificed to a higher degree mm-hmm. than... Than really any other, like, civilization. In Europe. Yeah. A- any other civilization. Um, and, yeah. And then, like, how everyone just, like, accepts, like, blindly follows um, them being gods. Which also... And just, like, I don't know, that, 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 uh, besides, like, the main speaking characters, the rest of the city folk are, like, considered idiots yeah which is which is really interesting because like there's because these are such genius civilizations there's like nothing to aside from like you could argue that the carving is just like mm, okay like sure they it's two guys that wrote in on a different creature than like a new type of creature than what they'd seen before sure but it's like yeah. there's really nothing to suggest that they are actual higher beings or like deities or anything. Yeah. yeah. But then we are introduced to um, the woman we saw before um, who stole from one of the temples. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a um, character named Chell, who is voiced by the amazing Rosie Perez. Yes. Um, who, I mean, she's been in a million things. Um, the other guys, Birds of Prey. Um, she was a, uh, uh, she like choreographer, like she's a choreographer. She's an author. She's an activist. She's like a producer. She like does it all. Um, I really liked her in Search Party, which was this TBS show um, that was really good. Um, she was the she was Click and Go Diego Go, um, which is just fun. Um, and then she also has like one of the I think best titles for a book ever, um, Handbook for an Unpredictable Life. How I survived Sister Renata and my crazy mother, and still uh, came out smiling in parentheses with great hair. Love it. I'm love here it. for it. Yeah, but she voices Chet. Yeah. Um. Who? Okay. Mm-hmm. What is it with like Laying on me. animation studios? Um, and making every female character just dummy thick. Like I just don't like. <laughs> Like, because it, it does go back to, like, the... How there's, like, the memes of, like, it's like, oh, uh, they have a Pixar mom's ass. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's just, like, it's unnecessary. And it, it's definitely... Yeah. I I get the, the comedy factor that it's there for. And it definitely is, like, fun. Like, the... Her relationship with Tulio and stuff like that, like, definitely does provide for a lot of, like, good comedic moments that I love. But it's still just, like, this is still a children's movie. And I feel like... Well, does it make more sense? Like, originally, it wasn't really supposed to Yeah, be. that does make more sense. Yeah. And so this is what they toned it down to. <laughs> Which... Also, why is Chell the only woman 
Literally, like in like, in the whole city. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, all of because even the ones that like bring up the gold for Chibala, look very different um, from as, her. Yeah, have, like she like, does not look related to them. No. <laughs> yeah, it's no. wild. Um, yeah, and so um, anyway, so yeah, so Zeko Khan is just like yeah, like show us your power, prove to us that your gods like please like show us your awesome might and stuff like that. Um, and so then they get into this massive argument. Um, and somehow, coincidentally, the volcano off in the distance um, is starting to like smoke and spew lava and stuff like that. Um, and this goes on for a bit of time before Tulio just yells, stop. Um, and everything just stops. Like the, the, uh, the volcano stops smoking and it goes, all the smoke somehow gets sucked back in, which is not how volcanoes work. Um, not how physics works. Which if like would that, that happened, I would say it's like, oh, maybe they do have like power. Yeah. Because that's not how Because also physics powers work. like that exist in this movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say in real life. And I was like, what? But yes. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, Yeah yeah so then then they're like they're convinced they're like okay obviously that was not natural so someone must have done it must have been you um so they they believe that they're gods and and uh tanabok and zepokan are just like oh yeah so we'll take you up to the temple you know that's that can be Mm -hmm. where you stay for now and blah 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 so (laughs) oh also the um the uh chief um is voiced by edward james almost (laughs) um who is amazing um miami vice american family um i mean he was william adama um you know admiral and commander yeah captain adama the series yeah um battlestar galactica um he's in um like leads in like mayans mc which is like in the same kind of universe as sons of anarchy which is super cool um blade runner selena um using uh coco yeah he's great he's so great uh um but yeah, so so they're like, oh yes, yeah, so we'll take you up to the temple. Just it's just up these stairs, and it is like a million stairs that they have to climb. Um, and I love how you see um, uh, Zeko Khan and Chief Tanabok just you know casually going upstairs because they obviously do this quite a lot. Um, and Miguel and Tulio are just dying, and I love when they get to the top um, how they're like literally gasping for air. Um, and I'm just like. I feel that. Um, and then Tanabok and Zeko Khan look back at them and they just like pose like mightily. I love that part. Mm-hmm. Always makes me happy. Um, I do too. Yeah. So <laughs> they like get into the temple, they leave and they're like, we did it. We did it. What the fuck? <laughs> they believe we us. We did it. And like, they both start like laughing and being happy. The horse is like, they're like, ah, oh, scam it all around. I really like how they bonded with this horse. 100%. Like the horse is just part of the group. It's not even a question. Yeah. Yeah. They share the same brain cell. <laughs> the single one. Um, yeah, yeah. And so then uh, they're like horsing, horsing around. Um, and. Oh, we also find out um, Zaku Khan says to the chief. It is now the age of the jaguar. Oh, yes, yes. Because he believes that the gods have come to, like, cleanse them and sacrifice and stuff like that. Yes. Um, So then, yeah, so they're horsing around and they see... Ha! I made that joke. I hate you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't laugh before. You didn't! (laughs) And I know you thought about it. (laughs) Um, And then we hear... uh, They hear Chell. They hear Chell in the background. Aggressive. B-E-A-G-G-R-I-S-S-I-D. Campbell, it's too early for this. Um, (laughs) Why? (laughs) It's our podcast. We can do what we want to. um, They hear Chell in the background. That was a Miley Cyrus. It was, yes, I got it. Um, They hear Chell. 
I love weekends. <laughs> Where are we at? Okay, so they're like, I can't yes. believe this is working. Uh, scam's working. And, and then who appears? Cho, the wonderfully over-sexualized indigenous woman. Um, and uh, I love this because they're trying to like intimidate her and be like, oh, like we will smite you with our godly wrath, like blah, blah. And Miguel's idea of an intimidating sound that makes it sound like he is um, accessing his power to smite someone is... <laughs> Like he has pincers. <laughs> yeah. I love it so much every time I get to that part because he just does it over and over again. I'm, I don't know. I just, I love the, I love the just like little comedy bits in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's, it's, it's very like simple comedy, but it just makes my heart happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, um, so then she's like, oh, you know, obviously I know you aren't real gods and um obviously because (laughs) (laughs) um and and so she's like why do we do this why do we strike a deal you know you stay here and con my people um out of a lot of gold and then i will leave like we'll leave and i will take some with me like i'll help you navigate like all the different tradition traditions and rites and culture and stuff like that um and as a result i will get a cut of all the gold you steal from my people um and then i leave with you and they're like what i she like talks about like is she doesn't want to be here Mm -hmm. she like wants to like adventure and like the tone of like and how she says it makes it seem like they're not allowed to leave like not only that but like there's something else like, yeah, but we don't have any backstory. There's no context because she says she is literally just a sex object. Yeah, because because and I remember thinking like as she's saying it's it, weird. um, she's Gross. like, oh, like you have your reasons, and she like looks off to the side and pauses. She's like, and I have mine, and it makes it seem never talked yeah, about. And it, it makes it seem like there is a specific reason she's wanting to get out of this and make city. her a more developed character. Yeah, and doesn't it happen. just doesn't happen. Yeah, um, yeah, um, and so and then finally they agree. And she was like, perfect, put these on. We're going to be ready for you soon. I was like, okay, like, yeah, this is smart. You, like, need, mm-hmm. like, an inside person to, like, help you, like, scale. Also, I love um, how, like, as they were changing, they were like, she was just, like, sitting in the corner of the room. And they are like, can I help you? And she was like. And then she, they are like, do you mind? And she was like, no. She was, like, no. <laughs> she was peeping. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> um, she's, like, real thirsty, this whole movie. And it is problematic. It's high-key problematic. Yeah. Well, it's halftime, sports fans. Um, I don't, I don't know why I said that. Anyway, it's Campbell from Boost Coles. Uh, I'd like to tell you all about Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation. This foundation keeps music alive in schools by providing vital support services to school districts and new musical instruments to underfunded music programs nationwide, giving underrepresented youth access to the many benefits of music education leading them to success in school and inspiring creativity and expression through playing music. There have been over 34,000 donated instruments and over 2 million students impacted by this organization. Some of the support services they offer are professional development for music teachers led by certified uh, instrument repair technicians and further community engagement and instrument drives, just to name a few. Again, 
Raven and I believe the best way to support us as a podcast is to support organizations like Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation that supports music education and the passion of music in our youth. You can donate at mhopus.org slash donate. Again, that's mhopus.org slash donate. Uh, back to our nonsense. Yeah, so then we get to this... Um... Chief Tannenbach is throwing them this massive celebration um, to like welcome mm-hmm. them into the city. This massive feast. Yes, yes, this huge feast, this huge party to like welcome them um, into the city and the civilization. Um, and so we get into the song "It's Tough to Be a God," which this is the only song is, that's actually that's sung by the characters. My words exactly. Yeah. Raven. Speaking of having one brain cell. <laughs> Indeed, I I like to think we have two. Half. We just swap them. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> At most, we have one each. Yes, indeed. And have informed conversations and discussions and like. Indeed, indeed. You hit it on the nose. Um, but yeah, so this song, It's Tough to Be like a God, shark. it's from it's from Miguel and Tulio's perspective. And it's them basically talking about like, oh, wow, it's hard to keep conning these people into making us think where their deity is. If they say I'm a god, that's what I am. Yeah. Um, high key problematic. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> but it is a catchy song. Yeah, like the song itself is very, it's very jazzy and kind of like carefree. Um, it's very, uh, I, I got hints of um, You're Welcome. Yes, very much so. And, and to me, like, and this is what I meant earlier with like every song. From Moana, listeners, which is will be the next one. Yes. Um, but yeah, like this, this song, uh, to me, like all the songs of this movie Regardless, even if they touch on different specific topics, all kind of feed into that general sense of adventure and wonder. This song too, like, it's still this new adventure of being amongst this culture, being amongst these people, exploring this this new quote unquote role that they have, and all the new things that this means for them within the context of this um, this journey. Um, and to me, like, the music still does a very good job of capturing still that sense of excitement and novelty. Um, and it's just obviously a common theme and motif throughout the movie. Um, yeah, like, and so they, this is a, like, this is not a, and this, this is why I didn't say feast earlier, because it is a feast, but it's also a, like, fucking rager. And they get, like, even the horse gets drunk. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. and so then they, um, yeah, so then. And who doesn't, who doesn't love a good drunk horse? Also, you know that um, Katy Perry song? Dark Horse? Drunk Horse. <laughs> Same difference. Um, but yeah, and, and then they start uh, hallucinating. Um, and they are surfing on the moon. Um, interesting visual. As one does. As, as one does, yes. But yeah, so then they wake up the next morning, presumably hungover, um, and... Oh, they're woken up by Zekel Khan, who is getting ready for his own tribute, um, which is to be a sacrifice. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, like... Um, oh, the um, the acolyte, the guy that keeps on going to him. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, he is... Um, this is, like, maybe one of his, like, only acting roles. Um, uh, Duncan Marjorie uh, Banks, Bunks. Um, he is mostly an animator. Okay. Actually, he like animated, he was like on the team for animating Zekul Khan. 
Um, he animated like in the Princess of the Frog, Meet the Robinsons. Um, he was a story artist for Spirit. <gasps> Spirit. And he, yeah, he was uh, he was the lead animator for Thrax and Osmosis Jones. Oh, I love Osmosis Jones. And he was the directing animator for The Little Mermaid. Okay. Okay. No. So still, uh, still very experienced, very accomplished uh, guy. I, I, it is always one of the things I find most interesting is just the talent of the, like, even, I guess, quote unquote, the smallest um, movies we've done, like, the, the, the sheer talent that just goes into it. Like, it's insane. Um, And that says nothing for, you know, the people behind the scenes, like the people doing special effects and, like, yeah. music that aren't the main composer and all that stuff yeah there's so much work that goes but also on how talented are animators wild right like i don't get it it's how can people just do that and, i mean obviously with a lot of work and talent yeah um but even then how? because it's, it's one thing to just be good at drawing like to just be a good artist but it's another thing to be able to capture the motion of a completely fictional character. Of the ocean. <laughs> to capture the motion of a completely fictional character in a way that is so natural and human. Like and there's actually a part that I'm there's a bit that I'm gonna talk about um later, actually shortly after this, um where yeah, like like the the way it's animated, it's it's so natural and human in a lot of ways. Um and yeah. that's, I think that's really great when they can truly capture like what would be real. Um yeah, and so then, yeah, so then Zeko Khan, uh, this is where I wrote down, like, because uh, Zeko Khan was just like, oh, yeah, you know, um, this will be, my tribute will be much more than uh, the Chief's meager celebration. And it's just like, bro, that was a fucking rager. Like, I don't know. We forgot another meme, Raven. Which one? Wh- which, would you rather have the, like, the oh, tribute both? or the feast? Both. Both, both? is good. Both. Both is good. I, I wrote yeah, it down, but I forgot to say it. Ugh. Um, but there's, there's another one coming up that we can redeem ourselves. Um, cool. So, yeah. So yeah. So now they're hungover. Zalko Khan wakes them mm-hmm. up and be like, it's, 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 it's time, time for, for my tribute. tribute. Let's yeah. do this. Um, and so then he brings forth, presumably one of the citizens of the city, um, and is getting ready to sacrifice him to some mm-hmm. swirling Shibalba. whirlpool that we learn is Shibalba, the portal to like the spirit world for the people. Which Miguel and Tulio don't know yet. Don't know yet, yes. Uh, because they didn't listen to Chell. Um, and, yeah, and so um, just as he's about to, like, push him over the edge, um, they stop him. And then uh, they're just like, oh, we can't do this tribute. And he's like, okay, well, like, why? Um, and Tulio's just like, the stars are not in position for this tribute. And here's another meme yeah. when Miguel, and also one of my favorite lines of the movie, when Miguel, she's like, he's like, picks up the guy and is dragging him back. And it's just like, like you said, the stars can't do it. Not today. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but just like the way he says it, it's so funny. But that's another meme yeah. from this movie. Uh, I think the third, fourth one so far. Okay. Um, yeah, and so then, um, so then Chief Tanabach, because again, this seems to be like a competition between Tanabach and, and like, It seems like no one, like, I don't know, a lot of people also aren't into the human sacrifices. So, yeah. But like, if he is the speaker of the gods, isn't this just like this what, is they, what do? they do? Yeah. And, that, and then, 
it's still that like I don't know framing him apart and the religious practices that aren't I mean but really are the same as like a lot of the Spaniards mm -hmm. but like to Miguel and Tulio like Miguel is seen such as hero for stopping it but why this is, is he part like of the only religion. one that has the power power to yeah and like also is he the only one with the power to stop it Zaku Khan is like honestly just one guy yeah we don't see like him like he's not like guard sees them he has that one acolyte that they depict as like an idiot as well um, and the thing that confuses me... So it me, doesn't seem like he has really, like, a lot of, like, power, but everyone listens to him, but they're relieved when someone stops them, but they're not the ones to stop yeah. them. But they're the majority. But the thing that... Conf I don't the like The thing it. that also confuses <laughs> me, and I don't... I assume this is the wrong impression, but it is the impression I've always had every time I've watched the movie. For some reason to me, every time I watch the movie, I, it always feels like Zekko Khan has recently come to El Dorado. Like... Not super recently, but like in the past, like couple of years or something like that. Where like, yeah, which... where like Chief Tenabok was in charge, and then Zekko Khan came along and was just like, "I'm the speaker of the gods. You were all going to start doing these things," and they were just like, "Well, we but don't the like temples it." Temples were okay. already there. Yeah, and I was like, I was just like, Zekko Khan always seems like such an outsider from this civilization, and it's just like, if these are your religious beliefs and practices, like it would seem that you would kind of build your society around that. So why would your spiritual yeah. leader be so at odds with what the people want? Because they're believe. framing other religious beliefs yes. and practices as evil. Yes. And savage. Yes. Yeah. So then, so then chief Tanabok, um, cause he's just like, I want the gods to like me and not Zekko Khan. So he's like, maybe the gods prefer this tribute instead. And it's just a bunch of gold. Um, and it's not only, I want the gods to like me more, but it's, I want to stop Zekko Khan. To stop Zekko Khan. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, yes. Um, and so, yeah. And so there's like, Oh yes, you can take we him. would 100% you can take them. Um, was like yes we would much prefer the gold because that's what we came here for in the first place because we are exploiting your people um yeah and so uh then he's like oh would you like this um would you like to uh send this to shibalba uh, which they still don't know what that is because they never asked chell and then, then all those women have like those just like platters of gold yes um and then there's just like to shibalba and chell's like fucking idiots you dense motherfuckers <laughs> Stop saying Stop things. Stop saying things that you don't know what's happening. Um, and yeah. so then they... And so what's Chibalba? Wait, we already said Yeah, it. we already said <laughs> it. But, um, but yeah, so then the women start approaching them and they're getting really excited and then they just start chucking all the gold across, like, into over the, the edge into, like, the whirlpool, Chibalba, to the spirit world. And they're just, like, yeah. devastated. Um, and they're just like, hey, Chell, um, what are they doing? And she's like, they're sending it to Shibalba, the spirit world. Why did you tell them to do that? And they're just like, oh, can you have them like not do that? And she's like, I'll fix it, sure. And then she just like sidles on up to the chief and she's like, the gods would prefer that the tribute be sent to their temple so that they can bask in its glory or something like that. And then stop, they wish to bask. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love Chief Tanabox so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, so then they take all the gold back to their temple, and it's when we when we get to the temple later, it's like heaps of gold, like piles yeah. and piles and piles, to an amount which I feel like the amount of it would devalue it. You know, 
Like, what's the inflation? Well, no, but that, that's the thing, is that, like, cause this is what I was, um, I was kind of reading up about a little bit with the uh, Muska people and, like, the Spanish expeditions and conquistadors and stuff like mm-hmm. that, is that, granted, they thought the indigenous people were stupid, basically, and didn't know anything, but, um, but they, a big part of it was that, like, at least from their perspective, the native people didn't seem to know like the value of the gold at least to them because it, it, which the value of gold to europeans would be much more than the value of your of gold to the native people like even if it's valuable in their society it's still like there's an abundance of it so it's valuable it has worth but it's not a rare oddity or something that has a significant monetary value because everyone has gold. Every a lot of things like their everyday jewelry, they're like because if you if you look at the platters of gold that they're giving them, it's not like coins and jewels and jewelry. Like there is jewelry there, but a lot of it is just like plates and cups that are made of gold because a lot of things like everything that they have is made of gold because gold is the primary material that they have um so it was more just like to the europeans it was so completely valuable and that's also something that i don't totally understand about this movie because and and the way the story is told because it's obviously valuable to miguel and tulio because they're europeans and they don't have a lot of gold so gold to them is like a super valuable thing but to the native people, it still it still has worth and it still has value, but they wouldn't see it as valuable as the Europeans would because they have a ton of it. So it's just like, why would that be the primary thing that they give? Like, to, to me, yeah. it seems like the way it's portrayed, like the native people are shown to seemingly have the same understanding of the way Miguel and Tulio are viewing the gold, which they wouldn't. Because it's like they're giving them like plates and cups, basically, as tribute, as opposed to like what they yeah, would use know. as currency. And yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. Um, cheers. Cheers. To friendship. Ew. <sighs> um, um, okay, so yeah, they wish to bask. Yes. Um, and then we then we cut to Cortez and he arrives on the shore and sees their their boat and knows that like they're there. Yeah, yeah. they see footprints and um, hoof marks. Yes, I was gonna say hoof prints, but that's not no. That, I would, it's still hoof prints, I would say. Right. Hoof marks. I don't know why that sounded better to me. I mean, they're both they're both accurate. Um, Computer mouses. You're right. <laughs> hate you um yeah and then um per the uh subtitles he makes an evil chuckle which uh <laughs> <laughs> which yeah i was like what's your best evil chuckle <laughs> mine's <laughs> <laughs> what's your what i think we did this during um dr horrible single on blog what's your evil laugh i don't know mine's oh no we didn't do that yeah, so we didn't do that. What we did was like we did rich your person best laugh. Rich person laugh. Was that during Barbie and the Dominic Castle? Was it? I don't think so. Because there, there aren't any rich people in. Oh, no, no, I no, no. Because they were impersonating rich people. Yes, it was during Barbie and Dominic yeah. Castle. And what is your best rich person laugh? Um. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> mine. Or you can go. Oh, ha, 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 ha. You know? I look close to a piece of that. ice. Do the, do, 
<laughs> yeah, do that glissando, you know? <laughs> try. I've tried to put more musical terms in this. I feel like we really strayed off of our original idea. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I love this, but, yeah. But, like, a glissando of a laugh is also, like, plain B for rich people laugh. I'm here for that. Um, uh, yeah, so then we get back to Miguel and Tulio. And they're in a meeting with Chief Tanabok. Um, well, no, they're, like, being, like, taken to the temple, I guess. They're, like, they're, like, does it seem like the high priestess and the chief? Oh, yeah. Kind of tense, right? And then Tulio responds with, buenos dias. That just doesn't make any sense in the context. <laughs> Unless, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't, no, it didn't make sense, it does uh, no. <laughs> Because a lot, of, a lot of Tulio's lines when he uses because I was trying to think he was saying like "Good morning" as in like "Of course, duh." But the, even that doesn't make flash. sense. <laughs> it was like, but like Miguel was like, "Do you think they're like kind of tense with each other?" And then Julia would have been like, uh, "No shit, Sherlock." <laughs> uh, Buenos Dias was the tone of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Good uh, Earth to Miguel. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and, and so basically they make, they make the plan of like, oh yeah, um, we'll just steal a bunch of the natives gold and then we'll hightail it back to Spain and live like kings. Um, yeah. and so. Which is also a terrible plan. Yes. Why, why so are they so me fixed on going back to Spain? They will show up in Spain with. Mountains of shit gold. Shit ton of gold. No weapons, no guards, no support, and not expect to be robbed, killed, or imprisoned. <laughs> I, I don't understand. How do they see this working out for them? They like show up in a boat filled with gold, just the two of them, and be like, we are now your kings. No, <laughs> you're going to die. I don't understand why they're so fixed on going back to Spain. The world is your oyster, especially if you have that much money and you're making them build you a boat. Like, y- you can go anywhere. Why are you so... Anyway. Um, yeah, so then they go to Chief Tanabok to ask, to say like, oh, hey, so we're going to be leaving soon. Um, and we need you to make us a ship, like a boat. And Chief Tanabok was like, oh, well, we expected you to be staying with us for the next like thousand years. Um, and this is, so this is one of the animation parts that I really, really like. So Tulio says, well, you know, it's like they say, there's your plan and then there's the God's plan. And the part that I really like is when he said, I've never, I've never caught this before in all the times I've seen this movie. When he says this, Miguel actually like laughs like to the side, like in his hand and then kind of disguises it as a smile, like when he's like scratching his nose. And it's so, like, I, I don't know. I just think it's so perfectly done because it's just so like, it's so real. Like it's, it's a real human reaction to like, you were conning this person and now you're like asking to build you this boat and like blah, blah, blah. And they still, in your mind, they still think you're a God and all this other stuff. And it's just like, like trying not to laugh at this. Like, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like a very human reaction. And the fact that they took the time to animate that just to kind of like help flesh out their characters and make them more real to me, which is really impressive. Yeah. Cause like, it's, it's the little things that make it, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So then, so they, so the chief, um, says like, okay, well, you know, to build a ship of that, you know, size and grandeur and stuff like that for what you need, 
will take at least a week. And they're just like, mm, a week seems like a long time. And I'm just like, a week seems like a perfectly fine amount of time to build a whole ass ship from scratch. Something I wish they included more in this movie were like the scientific and industrial, like, um, not inventions, but, um, accomplishments. Yeah. Accomplishments like of these people oh, yeah. that are incredible it's, it's insane Never what they about. achieved like oh my gosh like when you look back at a lot of the archaeological finds of these ancient civilizations it is absolutely insane with it and that's why which I, makes me so mad that their shows like ancient I, I was literally about exist. to say i hate the ancient show ancient aliens, aliens is so such a racist show the concept of it of course these non-white people couldn't have thought ever in their lives to come up with these things that is the premise of the show. Like, and, and my, the thing that I don't understand is because, like, it's not even the concept of that, like, their ancient civilization. Because it's just, like, we already know some amazing things that ancient civilizations accomplished. Like, we learned about the entirety of, like, at least our solar system and, like, gravity. No, all and, homo sapiens. Yeah, like, it, it bothers me so But they, much. people think they're, like, evolved from, like, ancient homo sapiens. Still the same species. It's still the same species. Like, I, I don't understand this, like, reluctance to just say, like, hey, I understand that this seems novel to you, but, like, this capability and this understanding totally could have existed back then. Like, there's no reason why it wouldn't have. Especially when you get to things like the pyramids and stuff in Egypt. Like, especially when you think about the fact that, like, the library of Alexandria that was burned down was one of the single greatest collections of knowledge and understanding in the world and so it's like we have no idea what all they knew like we have no idea how far our society could could have been advanced if we had still had that knowledge like you you don't know and it's just like uh, yes 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 um yeah. okay yeah so then the chief is like oh like that'll take at least a, that'll take about a week um and they're like well maybe we should check with zuckle and he's and like, just like we can do it in three days yeah further the supposed competition between them um and he's like well maybe if you weren't burdened down by so much tribute translation maybe if you weren't trying to take all our shit <laughs> when you leave we could you know get you on a fine ship faster and they're like oh no three days is fine like that's cool that's fine dude and he's like yeah that's what i thought bitch um yeah so then yeah so they head back to the temple uh the, yeah the temple and tulio is just like oh, you know, now we just got to lay low. Like, we're doing good. They believe that we're gods. They're making us a boat for us to leave. Um, we just got to lay low for the next few days, not cause any trouble, keep a low profile, and we're in the clear. And Miguel is just like, mm, I don't like the sound of that. I want to go yeah. have fun and explore with the natives. Which yeah. I, I... So Chell is like, hey, I'll cover you. Yeah, like, I, I got it. You're good. Go on, have fun. He's like, oh, bet. You right. Cool. I'm out. Um... But she was just getting him to leave so that she could be alone with Tulio because she is thirsty. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, Miguel, like, to get out of there, it was like, oh, where did uh, Altivo go? And she was like, oh, no idea. And then she's just sitting there, and Tulio's, where did Miguel go? No idea. No clue. Um, yeah, and so then we see Miguel out exploring the city. And... To me, this is, I think this is my favorite scene. Also, it did not look like Tulio's O-face um, when he's, like, massaging Chell. Oh. 
I didn't did like not, any of did that. Not and care like for the that. moaning, I was just like, can did not care for that. I don't, I don't, I don't like. Nope, this. nope. Um, but yeah, um, and so too much. Yeah, so he's out exploring the city, and I do actually really like. And it's empty. Yeah, so it's empty at first, um, and then he confronts one of the guards, just like, hey. Where is everybody? Like, this is a thriving community. Where are all the people? And they're just like, he's like, oh, well, they've been cleared from the streets as you ordered. And he's just like, why? Uh, he's like, oh, so that, you know, the city can be cleansed for the age of the Jaguar to begin as you ordered. And he's just like, okay, but like, can they come out? And he's like, no, like, they, they can't leave their houses for, uh, or else they'll be punished as you ordered. And Miguel's just like, what the fuck? I did not make any of these orders, my dude. Um, and so then he ends up stopping the guards from harassing one of the citizens um and basically it's just like hey you guys have the day off go live your lives and do whatever you want um i'm going to just explore the city and all those orders that i gave you they didn't know that's ignore them yeah. yeah um and so then we see him kind of um he's interacting with the the one citizen that he stopped the guards from harassing and this guy is just like completely like terrified of him, uh, which if yeah. yeah, if you think he's a god, I mean they're they're like the gods are coming here to be like you're going to be sacrificed to them, yes. and they will only be appeased by blood. Yes, yes. So uh, the guy just like off like gives him his earrings and then like runs away and knocks down this like shelf of stuff uh, that Miguel then crafts a little Loot? banjo, lutes, ukulele type instrument out of um, and starts playing. And uh, starts, like, playing this song for, like, and you see, like, kids and a couple of people just kind of start streaming out generally and uh, kind of dancing and interacting with him. And we get into the song without question. Yeah. And I absolutely love this song in the scene. This is my... It's a good song. It's my, it is a good It's song. my second favorite song behind The Trail We Blaze, although now that might change given what we have uncovered. <laughs> I like it. Like, they're not blazing they're any not trails. Blazing the trail. Um, but this is my favorite scene. Because um, I, I, I love, I don't know, I really love just, like, his interaction with the, and the fact that, at the very least, he is... I do and I don't. So, I, I like it in the sense of, like, like, yeah, they're still conning them. That's a big problem. He's still conning them. He's still be like, I. he's still in the position, it's like, yeah, I, I'm I'm your god, I have dominion over yes. you. Yes, but I, I do like the fact that he's at least trying to, like, learn about them and... and ingratiate himself towards them and like mm-hmm. um like it, he doesn't i don't think he ends up learning a, a terrible lot about their culture but it's like it's it's yeah. that path of like actually wanting to learn about their culture and not just and, and understand yeah. and appreciate them for and then how the, and like the problem is like how the movie like frames it as like it's solely like zuckle khan and his beliefs um that they're like you know they're portraying like the religious beliefs by them as like immoral and wrong that Miguel also agrees with is like, no, that's immoral and wrong from the standpoint of still Spaniards mm-hmm. seeing them as savages and immoral. Yep. That That is never resolved or like fixed in any way. But yes, this is a good first step to learning about the culture. Yes. It's like, it's the beginning of cultural appreciation as opposed to appropriation. Yeah. 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 Um, also, the dominoes display that they make is it's Mad the best scene. It's 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 the it's the thing I remember most about this movie is the dominoes. It's so beautiful, and just the way the way that they animate the progression of the uh, reveal. It's it's so beautifully well done. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. And so then, so Zekel Khan sees him interacting with the natives. Um, he's just like, uh, this is weird. This is sus. I'm going to go talk to um, Tulio about it. Yeah. So then we cut and then we back to the temple. See the blowjob scene. Her head is nowhere near his head. When they when they sit up. Well, which head? <laughs> Campbell. I mean, she's she's. I mean, she's just blowing. She's giving that, her that's, blowjob. That's like, what's objectively. happening. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, and so so and then so, she's like she's like oh like what will what, what will he th- what will Zeko Khan think if she finds one of the gods in this state with me and she's like is gonna think that you're giving him blowjob. I'm <laughs> like <laughs> 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 yeah we're fucking. Um, so Zeko Khan comes and he was like if I be maybe so bold to offer some advice, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. If if these are your gods, why? Yeah. Why would you say that? Yeah, and that that's. Although he's already questioning them. Yeah. Because based off of their scriptures and traditions and research. And he's at the like very least questioning that. Miguel. Because we've seen, yeah. Because yeah. even, um, yeah, well, yeah, so both of them. Because like during the scene, like during the Shibalba scene, um, yeah. he was like, but the ancient, like the religious texts, the sacred texts, <laughs> the sacred texts, um, the religious texts. The ancient tomes. Oh, that was a Star Wars reference. But um, the... The texts say that the age of ja- the age of the jaguar will be like a uh, age of like cleansing and sacrifice and blood and all sorts of stuff. And he's just like, so was that happening or like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he like tells Tulio that like Miguel's just like been out with the people, and so um, he goes to go and be like, absolutely not. Yeah, and so and so then he's talking about how. Oh no no! Before that. We see him do magic. Zako Khan does magic. Yes, that's what I was about to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay. So well, I thought you were saying back in the time. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then he's talking about how, like, oh, humans are, um, they are, they are flawed, snake-like creature, like, uh, rats. suspicious creatures. Yeah. Like they, uh, which is all correct. Loki. Yeah. Um, high key. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's, he, he's yeah. like, they're they're terrible creatures, like, blah, blah, blah. They need to be crushed. They need to be subdued. They need to be, like, everything. Um, um, he's doing magic. Yeah, so he, he does he does literal magic and just conjures up images of, like... And while you talk about this, I will put my instruments together. So right. there's... Um, and does he, like, conjures up all these images of, like, spiders and webs and all kinds of things and, like, the rats and all, like, all of these things are, like, real, like, things that he's conjuring and interacting with like one of the spiders he crushes in his hand um and it's i feel like in this movie it's just the movie just kind of skates over the fact that zeko khan can do legitimate magic um and yeah. i'm just like if the god like okay to me well i understand that like so the gods, quote unquote, Miguel and Tulio, supposedly showed the ability to like control nature, like control the volcano or whatever like that. He doesn't need to do that. He can conjure up realistic images and illusions and he can take control. Like later on, he takes control of the fucking Jaguar and like does all this. Like I'm just like, I feel- That can survive a volcano. Yeah, like I, I just, I feel like- I understand this is your faith, but I feel like if, if the thing- that proves. I feel like he's selling himself short. Yeah, it's like, it's like I feel time. like if you, if if your proof that they are gods is that they can do magic, then you're a god. Like I just, I Zekko God, um, 
I'm confused um, by what your re- it doesn't track by what your religious beliefs are supposed to be. Um, but anyway, so he um, so then uh, Tulio is just like, oh yeah, I'll go talk to Miguel. We'll get the story out. Blah blah. blah. Um, super scared. Like the way he says is like obviously he's trying to just get away from Zeko Khan. He even like holds Chell's hand while he's like leaving, like running away. Um, but then Zeko Khan, <laughs> I also love this part because he's just like finally we're connecting and he like wipes away a tear <laughs> it's just like yeah. bruh um so then uh yeah so then tulio goes to confront miguel and um miguel's like playing this little like ball game with some of the uh some of the people some of the civilians or uh citizens um and tulio is just like yo this dude is crazy we need to get out of here as soon as possible um and he's just like uh Miguel's like they're arguing back and forth and then Zeko Khan is just like this is unacceptable and Tulio's just like you're right this is unacceptable and he's just like this is not how the gods play ball and then it cuts like this huge stadium it's like this is how the gods play ball so he didn't say anything while traveling I literally had that same exact thought Campbell yeah I know you did Um, but like I mean they do that in like that's done in movies quite a bit yeah it's it's mostly just for effect Um, yeah and so yeah so it's this it's this then they're like oh fuck when they yeah. like are presented by the other team okay and so at this point uh he he like acknowledged he was like yeah the chief's best at, uh athletes soldiers yeah. whatever are are like oh we skipped another who... meme uh, what was it? it was when they were asking the chief for a boat and uh it's the meme of like the two of them like asking and then it cuts to the that's another meme and he's just like saying yeah. yeah 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 with yeah. the face okay yeah, with the face and the teeth in the mouth. <laughs> yes. Um, my band director used to say that. He, like, something along the way. He was like, stop sta- standing there with the, your teeth in the mouth. What? He was like, like Mr. Allman, what are you saying? Oh, my gosh. Like, Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. I love that one. <laughs> That's amazing. I've used that one. It's it's a good one. Yeah. He, he had some pretty good ones. Um, yeah, so it's this massive stadium, and it's, like, their the goal is to get the ball into this, like, hoop near the top of the, near the, top of the wall. And he's just like, yeah, it's- yeah. yeah they, but with this Mesoamerican ball game, like, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's like 15 mere mortals against two gods. It's like one mere mortals, because they're obviously not average people. Two, um, at no point were 15 people ever depicted on the other team. Uh, the number was seven, and then it was 10. And then during the game, you kind of just saw blurs of them. And then at the end, it was six. They were on the bench. Raven. Okay. Um, there were benches. There was a dugout. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so then so they, they depict them like running. It's this like huge, like bodybuilder-like guys. Um, very muscular, very big. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's it like be intimidating and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so we see them like running past Miguel and Tulio and like the air blowing them, the wind blowing them and stuff. And Miguel gets a rock and blowout and I'm loving it. He has so much volume and it's just like beautiful and bright. They get to look for him. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and then um, they're just trying their they best. They are trying their best and failing accordingly. Um, and yeah, so this is where we get to the uh, meme because like they're losing terribly to these guys. And this is where we and Chell's trying to get them advice. Like you hear from mm-hmm. the you hear from the stands. She's like foul. That's a foul, which is funny. <laughs> that so that's funny. funny. I like that. And it's just like a background like throwaway line. I love it. Yeah, 
Um, um, but then she's just like, no, 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 to get it, you have to like use your hip. And she takes the ar- armadillo and like, she's like, Miguel, the hip, the hip, <laughs> the hip, the hip. Um, and then she comes up with the plan after the ball goes out of bounds that they'll cheat and use an armadillo, which, Raymond, <laughs> even if they use a live creature that can move on its own, how this armadillo moves <laughs> makes no defies sense. Everything. It defies biology at the very least. And at the most, biology. <laughs> because, okay. It so just defies basically, the biology. Basically, physics. this armadillo is, well, also physics. It does also defy physics. I just said that. At least in biology. Yeah, but then I continued and physics. But mm. you were already like speaking. Okay, whatever, you sure. That, you don't, when, you, when you're speaking, Raven, you don't listen to them. That is correct, because I'm the most important it's person. It's very like... So we're, we're, she brings out the armadillo and um, the, uh, Miguel's like, oh, we need a miracle. And Tula's like, no, we need to cheat. And then uh, <laughs> Chell's like, well, do I have the solution for you? And she shows them that uh, she has the armadillo. And so basically um, this armadillo does everything on its own from inside its okay, shell. In the terms of Super Smash Brothers, it can tech off walls. I don't know what that means, but I assume other fans that are good because I don't want to say I don't I don't want to say that it can fly because it can't. It can't no, but it like bounces off the wall after it gets hit a certain way that it like you know catches its own momentum. Yeah, and doesn't fly off. Yes, and, and in Super Smash Brothers, that's called teching. Oh, okay, cool, good to know. When you kind of catch yourself against the wall when you get blasted to it. Oh, okay. You can yeah. use like L and R to do that. Uh, I'm not gonna remember that. Um, but yeah. So next time we play Super Smash Brothers, I'm gonna wreck you. But yeah, so basically this this armadillo from inside a shell. So armadillos are like a lot of other land creatures use their legs to walk around and be mobile. And if they're like, they're not Sonic the Hedgehog. No, and if they're curled up inside their shell, like they can generally kind of like shift and move like roll a little bit and then like physics wise they will roll yeah they, they physically will roll certainly gravity's happening yeah but they're not bouncy in their shell Inertia. and they certainly can't there's one point it's there's pro- one point in particular. A property of mass. <laughs> there's one point in particular where the the armadillo kind of bounces itself up into the hoop and then is bouncing back and forth through the hoop against the wall and it's like one that's not how physics Baller. works or inertia well, Ernest is physics, but it's not how physics works or biology or any other scientific property that would allow you to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, and so then they end up... So, okay, so... Uh, the armadillo then ends up going out of bounds. Very beaten up, we see it has a black eye. Um, and Chell, yeah. in her excitement, accidentally throws out a real ball instead of the armadillo... Which she doesn't notice until after she's thrown it. Um, and so the game is almost over because the game ends when the shadow me- meets the line. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then in a buzzer beater. Yes. Um, they manage They to, like are up on the horse, super confident. Just kind of like playing around like about, with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like notice like Chell just shouldn't have told them. No, because um, they were fine. That, like she was like, I have the armadillo. Panics. Tulio elbows Miguel. In the eye. Like in the, in the sort eye, of temple like, forehead yeah. area. Yeah, like, you know, blood is shed. Um, and then, like, they kind of, like, drop it. Or, like... He manages fling. to, like, kick they, it they, up. Yeah. yeah. And then he does... It, then it's... Uh, what's what's that kick called? Um, uh, bicycle kick. Bicycle kick, Because I did yeah. soccer. And bicycle kicks. Yeah. 
um, that into the hoop. It stays there. And then the horse just kind of hits the wall so it goes over Which, at like, the very last minute. That's another one that's like, not how physics works because there's no way that horse would have been able to... Also, people are not watching the horse. Right. It's like, it's, but also, even, it's a horse. They weren't... You've never seen it before. <laughs> it's interacting with the game. It's a player. Because he's actively on the field. Um, but yeah. even if the horse wasn't... Even if the, they weren't watching the horse, there's no way that horse would have been able to kick a wall that size and be able to shake it enough to actually af- actively affect the momentum of the ball. The ball. <laughs> smart horse this game is like really interesting though because like you know uh, like cortez and other key key stores and other like you know mesoamerican cultures and areas that had like similar kind of things Mm -hmm. um they would like bring these players back to europe to like show the kings and queens and like people were like so enthralled by the concept of like these like rubber balls also these balls would be like almost 10 pounds yeah these are heavy balls yeah because wasn't this the like earliest earliest version of like soccer basically or football i think so yeah because it was it was one where like obviously the the setup of the game is different and like where the goal is is different and stuff like that and the way you score points is slightly different um but, but like hoop ball. the general idea of like there is there is a ball that like you can interact with every part of your body basically except your hands like you can't just throw it into the hoop it has to be your foot or your hip or your leg or maybe maybe even your shoulder or back that kicks it in but you can't like just throw it into the hoop um it's, it is a really cool game, and I, I'm I'm kind of glad that they included it. Um, but yeah, so so Miguel now has a small cut above his right eyebrow, where yeah. uh, Tulio. Actually, so, and like also, oh, just this one more point about the mm-hmm. game. But these games are actually like very similar to like the rules for like racquetball, where the ball has to oh, be like, yes. in place. Yes. And like the stone goals were actually like a late addition. Oh, interesting. To the game. Okay, yep. I didn't know that. Um. Yeah, so Miguel now has a cut above his like right eyebrow where Tulio elbowed him in the attempt to get the final point for the game and win. Um, and so then Zeko Khan comes out and is like, oh, congratulations, gods, like, of course you are going to win. Um, I assume that you would now like the losing team to be sacrificed. Um, so oh, yeah, Zeko so, Khan sees this. Yeah, so, so he's... Miguel is bleeding. Yeah, so Miguel goes to, like, stop the sacrifice. And he's like, absolutely not. You you no longer speak for the gods. Like, we're... And this is when uh, Tilo is just like, you're buying your own con. Because uh, he's just like, we are the gods. Like, you don't speak for us, blah, blah, blah. There'll be no more... Which is... Shit. Yes, because you you know that you are not. Um, this like there will be no more sacrifices. Not now, not ever. And this is when everyone starts cheering. And it's just like, okay, well, if you didn't like the sacrifices, why were you doing them? At the whims of <laughs> at the whims of this one guy who seems to be the only person in this entire civilization Except who for wants the to do these sacrifices. Yeah, it's yeah. very confusing. Um. Yeah, so then Zeko Khan notices that Miguel is bleeding, blah, blah. So we cut to him and his acolyte. And he's just like, oh, do you know why the gods demand sacrifices of blood? Because the gods don't bleed. And here's thing, another thing that confuses me. We see Zeko Khan cuts his hand and then he smears it over one of the figurines in like this mural that they're basing Miguel and Tulio off of. Um, and then he points his palm back and the cut heals and he stops like cut heals instantly no scar and he stops bleeding and so i'm just like so uh, are you not a god it's just like what what about what like what distinguishes you from a god because everything i've seen you capable of doing so far i would think are godlike powers <laughs> yeah also raven do we want to do one more drink or are we done i think we can do one more because we're in the home street okay let's do that cheers <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs>
I oh shit, it's jumping. <laughs> That's why I need to cheers as soon as possible. <laughs> I will just cheers. I'll I'll bring it up close cheers. for all of us. Cheers, clunk, clink, pizzap. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, so uh, we see that he also does not bleed, or at the very least, he has the power to heal cuts. So, yeah. don't understand that so he's somehow he, like, not knows a god. their frauds. Yeah, so he yeah. not knows their and frauds. So he's flipping through his ancient texts, and I guess spell books. Yes. Um, and he sees one, he's like, ooh, it is the age of Jaguar. Um, and you just see, like, a, just a giant Jaguar mm-hmm. in it. And so. And then we um, see um, Miguel on the boat with uh, Chief Tanabok. And um, he's like inspecting the boat. And Miguel's just like, you know, this boat is not in good enough shape for us to leave. Like it's not nearly sturdy enough. The mast is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And Chief Tannenbach just like looks at him. He's like, okay, look, if you don't want to leave, like if you want to stay, you can just do that. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then um, Ami. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, dude, okay, even if you didn't somehow realize that, it's like, you are posing as their god. Like, if you, whatever, you can just do whatever you want. That's how you, that's what, that is, that is the relationship you have established up to this point, is that you can do whatever you want. Which is problematic, yeah. but that is what you have established. So I don't understand yeah. why this is news to you, but anyway. Um, so then, uh, yeah, because he's like complaining about the rope. He's like, there's not nearly enough rope. Um, and so then Chief Tannenbach is like leaving. He's like, but I'll go, you know, work on that rope for you and stuff like that. And he's just like, oh, no, it's it's fine. You don't have to worry about it. Like, it's it's perfectly fine. And he was just like, and T- Chief Tannenbach, we hear him say, oh, that's okay to err as human. Clearly implying. Yeah. So like, every, like everyone knows. Yeah, clearly implying that. Oh, I didn't think it was everyone. I thought it was literally just like. Chief Tannenbach and the High Priest. I feel like they have seen everything everyone else has seen, and it would be silly to think that they were the only two smart enough to figure it out. No, it's not that I don't think the other people are smart enough. It's just that, like, in no, the that, next... No, that's not... I'm not saying that that's how you thought. It's just... I'm saying... That's fair. It, it's, it's like, been very clear how these people have been acting. Yeah, it's just, like, in the next scene, they still seem to be... Well, I guess it's their, like, send-off. Going or away. They're going away. Going away. Yeah. yeah. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, so, so, yeah, so. They just like Miguel and Tulio. They just like him because they're like, hey, they like care about you. They just like him. Yeah. And so then we uh, cut to like a little scene where we see Tulio and Chell um, kind of splitting up their portions of the the gold and everything. Um, Having a lover's quarrel. Having a lover's spat. Um, And basically. I didn't like how he just said that. (laughs) I, that's on I me for starting it. it. <laughs> uh, and so then Tulio basically ends up asking Chell to come to Spain with them, which like was that not the plan all along? One was that not the where plan? where would she take the gold? Yeah, one was that not the plan. Two, the to me the implication of this conversation is not just like oh come to Spain because obviously that's where we're going, but like come to Spain to be with me. And I understand that there's like a little infatuation going on here, but also it's been max three days. But at the same time, these are life-changing events. It's easy to be caught up in all of it. Okay. Um, 
so then we... not saying like afterwards they'll be like what what were you thinking what are we doing but like they're, they're just in the moment, in the moment. Okay, that's okay okay um so then we cut to zekel khan doing some uh wicked not wicked but like some uh, magic-y stuff um and Sorcerer. once again he is doing real magic like he is um the, he has oh, the, but also it's a, it's important to say Chell's like, what about Miguel? And Tulio says, forget Miguel. Forget Miguel. Yes. And then Miguel hears that, sees them kiss, mm-hmm. and he's just like oh. betrayed. Oh yeah, one of the things we and then he decided that's when he decides I'm staying. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we kind of forgot to mention because it didn't really matter up until this point. At the beginning, when like before the first celebration with it's tough to be a god. Tulio and Miguel agreed that Chell was off limits. So yeah. that also kind of plays into this a little bit. Did we not talk about that? We didn't actively say it. Okay. Yeah. And so and so up um, until this point, like this is the first time Miguel sees that Tulio and Chell are kind of together. Um, and he also hears Tulio say, mm, forget Miguel, he doesn't matter. And he's just like, well, yeah. fuck you then. Um, and then we see all the sorcery happening. He has the yes. potion. And then like Zalkan's like, why are you giving this to me? He was like, oh, okay. And that like puts a little tiny umbrella in it, which that's fun. That was so funny. That's fun. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh, it's missing something. And then he looks into his... So the, the thing that confuses me is that his... Uh, I assume there's other instructions, something like that, to how to make it. But like, at least the image depicting the creation of this potion is just a picture of like a, a guy, like an acolyte, mixing it in some sort of like cauldron. I or assume pot. there was text with it. I assume that they there didn't was text with it as well. But what he's pointing at is just the image of a guy mixing it in a cauldron. And I'm just like, but hey, it worked. It did. It did work. So then he he's like he's um, like oh it, it just needs a little body and then he kicks yeah, him in booty pop. Can't stop. <laughs> Which I don't know um, why. I truly don't know why. But for some reason, I got real with that line. I got real Ursula vibes. Like the it just needs a little. It's all body. about body language. <laughs> that's I, I, why. Yeah, that's true. I got real Ursula vibes, and I love Ursula because she's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So he he kicks him in, and that like kind of finalizes the potion. But the, uh, another thing that confuses me is that so originally the acolyte gave him because this is a potion. So the acolyte gave him like a sample of it to drink. But then once he kicks him in, he doesn't have to drink the potion. The potion just like lightnings him. Maybe into it was the... just like the, he like had all the components, but what was missing, not necessarily for like him drinking the potion, but the essence of the potion should have been like a soul or like lives lost to it. Because like yeah. everything else is served except for... Someone didn't die for this. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I was just, oh, no. I was just confused. But yeah, by, I was like, yeah, that's by the way, the, the, the difference. It. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So then with that, or maybe it was probably, he drinks it and he was like, Oh, what's about, Oh, now I'm supposed to kill someone. That's true. Maybe that's it. It could be a Horcrux situation. You don't know. True facts. Um, yeah. So then, so then now he, we see that his eyes kind of like, uh, glaze over this like glowing light and then so do the jaguars um, and we see that he is able to basically command the jaguar with his own body uh, this like yeah. stone carved jaguar um, yeah. and we saw someone went to the um, learning how to be a cat cat training thing for the <laughs> musical cats he actually assuming a jellicle ball for jellicle cats the, the thing for jaguar cats please don't <laughs> that don't was, it was well done but it's still creepy um but yeah, so like I assume then that all but of I the, enjoy it more. that all of the jaguar's movements then are movements he is making with his body, 
I agree. If so, I think he did a great job. Especially with the little I think so too. thing that he did. The animation was It's great. so well done. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so then the jaguar, the stone jaguar busts out of the temple and then starts and running then towards Trulio this. Julio and Miguel shriek. Oh, Campbell. That is the perfect word. Because I just said like, oh, Remember girly we talked about you being like, you know, obsessive about like different things and like you I started getting you. mad at me because I, I was brought you. up about I like, you know, you. the differences in words I and like you. language. And then like, this is still how you're reacting for like all these things, okay, which I like. But objectively, shriek is the most correct word to use. Yeah, that's why I said it. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, so Miguel and Tulio shriek at the sight of this jaguar. Um, and so then they're like running away and like the guards are trying to fight it off, you know, trying to do their job and protect the people. Um, and it ends up, and this is something, I, this is something that's, it's a common theme with a lot of animated movies, which is a character okay. not being killed by something that would obviously kill them. Um, so the jaguar like stomps on this one. My leg! He like stomps on this one dude and then like, throws him up, catches him in his mouth by his leg. And he looks so limp. Like, he, <laughs> he looks, looks dead. dead. <laughs> Drops him, Drops and him. he's, he's like, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then he stomps on him again. He's like, I'm still okay. And it's just like, no, no you are not, sir, but okay. Yeah. So they run away, and then they get to, um, like, they, like, are running over the volcano. And, like, I want to look this up, but you can't be that close to lava, nope. can you? Yeah, that's what I thought. The jaguar can survive well, lava, but they, like, I escape. I don't think so. I obviously have never been near lava. I would think... It's like that one meme. It's like a news article. It was like, a uh, man who stuck his arm in lava smugly um, won't tell anyone what it felt like. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but no, it's like, I, I would think, like, at the very least, like, the fumes and the heat waves off of it would have some maleffect on mm-hmm. you. Even if it wouldn't like... completely incapacitate you. Um, yeah. Yes, so... And so then they go kind of to, like, the cliff to Chibaba. Yeah, um, yeah. And then they get into classic Tulio Miguel. Miguel and Tulio. Miguel and Tulio. Um, they take the stage once again with some truth. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to say. It's like, for in this scene, they are actually kind of fine. Like, Miguel is actually upset with him, um, which I don't... Tulio doesn't immediately pick up on, but he does no. kind of pick up on sort of by the end. Um, but they're, like, actually, like, fighting and upset with each other. Um, and they still manage to team together and knock out Zeppelkhan. No. Um, so they, they both, like, punch him. Um, and I, the next thing I wrote down was Zekokan hashtag fucked around and hashtag found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he, like, goes, like, into the whirlpool. Um, there's this other, like, channel, which is interesting. Which makes me think if people were sacrificed them before, maybe some of them did survive. Maybe some of them did survive. Yeah, because he clearly is... Because, yeah, he's like coughing and sputtering. It wasn't by his own volition to go through that channel. No. Like, that's just the current that was going, you know? Um, And so Talk about current events. (laughs) Am I right? Um, And so then we see that he's like uh, kind of spit out by this channel um, onto... Tui. So then, yeah, so he's, he's spit out outside of El Dorado, and um, we see that Cortez and his men are there, obviously searching for El Dorado, um, and he looks up, and uh, uh, 
the the image of Cortez with like his sword out and the men behind him or something like that, he compares to another carving um, of like basically they're like scripture. Or yeah, like some of their like religious texts and stuff. And so this is one of the scripts or texts that or images or whatever that he referenced earlier when he was talking about Miguel and Tulip. Like, oh, but the you know they say that the age of the jaguar would be you know sacrifices and cleansing and stuff like that. Um, and so he now thinks uh, Cortez is the god that's coming to like do all of that stuff. And I'm just like, I understand or it. not necessarily thinking he's the god, but like the means to what he to, thinks yeah, the god Yeah, because I'll, I'll be have to say like, I understand the thought process, but also the last guys... Like, you've already seen a bunch of white Yeah, I was like, like the last you, guys like, you know that he's not a god and thought were gods because of a picture turned out to be very mortal, so... No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more of like they were... He, he saw him as a means uh, a to A means end. to the ends he wanted. Yes. Yeah! 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 Um, um, and then we get back to... Uh, so, like, Miguel and Tulio, okay. But, like, Miguel says, like, I'm staying. Yes. And then... Um, then we get to the song Friends Never Say Goodbye, yeah. which, which also, like, on the soundtrack album was uh, like, or like in the credits or one of those is sung uncredited by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, I didn't know that. No. But yeah, so, um, well, so basically this is Miguel and Tulio Julia saying, Tulio and Miguel, saying goodbye. This It's, it's sort of. Uh, in, uh, it's a breakup song. It's a, honestly, it's a breakup song. It's, it's breakup sort song. of an end to their partnership because Miguel is staying here. Tuli wants to go back with the gold and with Chell. Um, and even and even in the song when they like are standing on the steps to the temple and Tuli is about to go down to the ship, um, they just wish each other good luck again. I was like, say goodbye to your boyfriend. The theme, like, come on. In the theme with the song, friends never say goodbye. But to me, like, and again, even this song emits a sense of like or evokes a sense of like wonder and sense of like even with the sadness and the melancholy of the subject of it it's still like it's still the, the idea that of they're going their separate ways legendary world. yeah they're, they're going the separate ways they are now their adventures no longer together they're both going off to find new adventures yeah, yeah. there's a theme there's definitely a theme um i'm still just amazed Thematic that elements. they built that ship in three days these are really smart people. No, no, I know they're really smart <laughs> they're technical, people. Technological advancements. That's what I wanted. That was oh, the phrase yes, I wanted to yes. say. Instead of scientific achievements. Because, yeah, because like this ship is like, it's not it's not just beautifully built and obviously safe and secure and rugged and all that stuff. But like it is, it's gilded. Like it's decorated. It Like it is a beautiful ship that they built. It can hold so much gold. Fully. And gold is heavy as fuck. And it's it's how heavy is it? Give me the molecular <laughs> <laughs> What is Avocado's number? Um, Six point zero two two times ten to the twenty third. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm a scientist. Uh, so yeah, so we see Miguel and Tulio like splitting up, and uh, and then Tulio saying goodbye to everybody. Boat. Yeah, and as he's getting on the boat, he's saying goodbye to Altivo. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because it's funny. When he's saying it's goodbye right. to Altivo, and Altivo like licks his hand, he's like, ugh, and like wipes, like shakes it off, and Alt- he turns around, Altivo licks his entire back and hair. It's Horses don't look like that. They do not, and that's what makes it funny. Ha <laughs> ha! I hate you, okay. <laughs> um... 
So yeah, so then um, Miguel, or I guess Altivo, notices like the smoke and like cannon fire in the distance. Um, and so he's like yelling to like warn it. But then there's also a citizen that comes up and it's like, Zalko Khan's alive. Yes, yes. And brings some um, white devils onto our land. <laughs> Which is another meme. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's the thing that I don't understand. Why is Cortez shooting and burning as he goes? Because I, I, I understand if he's meeting... How is he supposed to bring an army to a city through wilderness? That's fair, but in my mind, it's just like the idea, the purpose of a lot of these expeditions was... Single fire line? No. Uh, no two no, by I, two? Like, now that you mention that, I get it. This is not Madeline. Now that you get it, now that you mention that, I get it, but... It... Can you imagine that, though? If they were traveling like Madeline? <laughs> No, you're fine. Um, but yeah, no, I guess, I guess, like, in my mind, I was thinking, like, I was thinking, like, a lot of the purpose of these expeditions, at least from the perspective of, like, the, the monarchy, was, like, oh, go out and find us, like, more resources and land and stuff like that to help bring us no, riches it, and, like... But, but it was also to conquer, no, because it, land is riches. It, it was, it was. I was just, like, I feel like you're destroying a lot of potentially... Um, prosperous resources in the random burning and destruction of this land. People weren't environmentally conscious with those. Things. No, it's not. Especially it's not about environmentally like, conscious. It's about like there are actually like active resources and foods and and. But those aren't the resources they're interested in. I guess, but you still have to eat. Like, there's no possible way you brought enough food to feed your army. They have so many rations. <sighs> That's fair. I I don't know. I I just. Because like the same. I just the first I just saw go. it as impractical, like not even from an environmental friendly. Oh no, one hundred. But just like that is an impractical way to go about exploring and conquering a new land. But yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. So then, um, yeah. So then he, he's coming, and they have to come up with a plan to basically save the city. Um, and so then Tulio and Chell are trying to come up with this plan, um, and the armadillo is drinking. I guess water, but I think the movie frames this like some sort of alcoholic drink. But the armadillo is drinking something, and he, um, Tulio, I think, startles him, and he like drops the cup, and then the liquid he's drinking like washes away the boat and the pillars that Tulio had kind of set up with things he had around. And so then Tulio gets the idea of using the ship to like knocking down the pillars, and then using that to help push the ship through, basically destroying the entrance to El Dorado so that no one else can find it. Um, and so, yeah, so they so they decide to go through with that. And we see that the uh, citizens start, like, knocking down the pillars that are holding up these two big uh, stone pillars. <laughs> they start knocking down the supports that are holding up the pillars. Yeah, like the massive... <laughs> The massive English language <laughs> that you have is beyond me. Um, yeah, um, but then they're not getting down too fast, and so the pillars are starting to fall. And okay, so another thing that bothers me about this movie from a physics standpoint. So we see the supports are coming down too fast, and so the pillars are starting to fall before the ship has gotten the chance to move through. And the chief is working is yes but before that so we see that they um, have all these ropes attached to the pillars that they're using to pull it back and support it and stuff like that and those ropes start snapping as the pillars fall 
And to me, and then the chief, so he goes and grabs like a couple of these ropes and starts pulling them. I'm like, wouldn't the ropes still? Snap? Yes. <laughs> like I'm saying, oh, I was okay. like, the, okay. the problem is that the ropes are not. Uh, they don't have enough tension in them to be able to support holding the pillars back from the force that is causing them to fall. So you pulling on the ropes doesn't solve anything. You're just snapping more ropes. But anyway. Uh, yeah. But, so then they can't get their sail open on the ship, which I was like, why would you not have already had... Well, I guess you're not on the open seas yet, so you probably didn't have it open because you're still technically in port. But... Um, Wait, wait, what are you saying? Oh. Because they couldn't yeah. get the sail down. I'm just like, I feel... The the plan was never to get to the open sea, though. But you have to, to get to Spain. Raven, at this point, Tulio knew the pillars that they have to hit out. They had to get the boat sideways so that past the waterfall, you can't get past the waterfall. That was the plan the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I thought yeah. you, I thought you meant in general for the ship, and I'm like, the ship was built to. In, oh no, no, no. As, as soon as yeah, like no, no. Cortez gotcha. was coming, gotcha. Tulio was like, I'm not going back to Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I will save these people. Yes. No, we're on the same page. I got you now. So, so yeah, the the sail won't unfurl, and so Miguel has on top of Vitivo soars through the sun. And the thing that confuses me is that. The perspective you have when he and Altivo are running and jumping it onto the ship. Like, it seems like a Mario Yoshi situation to get to the goal. That Altivo doesn't get on the ship. Altivo does get on the ship, I thought. It seems like it won't. Oh, it seems like it. Altivo's running, they jump, and then Miguel jumps off Altivo he, to get the sails. Yeah. Because cause yeah. I think in the in the attempt... Like, you know how you jump off of Yoshi in Super Mario? No, I don't because I've never played Super Mario. Yeah, no. So like, it it, it 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 was like in the in again the animation is beautiful and brilliant, but it felt like in the attempt to get this like massively impressive shot of like Miguel and Altiva like soaring through the air. It's like okay, but proportionally the distance that they were from the ship and like how that would need it doesn't make sense. Um, but either way, Miguel ends up getting onto the. Yeah, yeah. He, he ends up making the jump. He's able to grab the sail and like unfurl it and drop it down and everything. So the ship gains enough speed to make it... Drop it down, down low. <laughs> drop it low, girl. Drop it, drop it low, girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, starts twerking. Um, and so then <laughs> uh, the ship picks up enough speed to make it past the pillars. And so they get out and there's the massive wave coming after them, which then pushes them through, like back through this kind of like foyer and everything that we saw before um and yeah so they come there's these two like kind of stone pillars just behind the waterfall that they originally came through to get to el dorado um just beyond the waterfall just around the river bend um yeah and so uh yeah so this is when tulio's like we have to hit a broadside because that's the only way we can really make it um and so he's like yeah like so they plan to hit a broadside and he's like on my count jump um, and so they make it out, the gold and the boat, all of it, like all the rocks and crashing down, everything is destroyed, but they make it out. Um, and then we see like, um, Miguel and Tulio are kind of celebrating and like- Tulio and Miguel. Tulio and Miguel, um, are kind of celebrating and like, oh, we made it out alive, like, yippee ki motherfuckers. Um, and then, uh, Chell notices Cortez and his men coming, led by Zekokan. 
Um, and she's like, oh, like, hide behind the rocks, hide behind the rocks. Um, and so then, basically, now, behind the waterfall where El Dorado would be, it's just this brick wall where all the rocks came down and stuff like that. So then Cortez is like, uh, Zekul Khan, you were lying to us. Um, this is not a real place. El Dorado, like, at the very least, El Dorado's not here. Um, you were lying to us. Guards, uh, arrest seize him. Seize him. Yeah, seize him. Throw him in the brick, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we see, like, uh, Chell, and I think the horse, kind of peek out yeah. as he's being dragged away to kind of, like, taunt him a little bit. Um, and then equivalent of, like, flipping flipping him off. Honestly, yeah. Um, and so then he's led away, and basically, Chell, Tulio, Miguel agree to just, like, explore the island, explore the world, and just kind of go wherever their hearts may lead them with no map and no plan. Uh, yeah. And then off they go, and they ride off into the sunset, and the movie is over. On the trail we blaze. On the trail we blaze. Um, anyway, so there are uh, multiple like uh, musical artists um, involved in the making of this movie. Um, beautifully done, by the way. Um, so. Oh, also, this is my third notebook at a start. Oh, damn. Okay. Oh, hot damn. This is my jam. But listen, wait, some, some to the, till two in the AM or something like that. It's okay. You try it. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay. So one of the individuals involved in composition, um, uh, was John Powell. So who? John Powell. So he is a, I've been, who has like, continued. no, I know. Um, so now, cause I told you, oh God, uh, so he is a like film composer, conductor and producer. Um, so he actually did a lot of, like, he composed music for, like, commercials and stuff after college. So he actually, uh, he, so he's, actually, he's British. Um, so he co-founded a commercial, like, music house called Independently Thinking Music um, that produced, like, a bunch of scores for, uh, like, British and French commercials and independent films. And they ended up producing scores for over a hundred different commercials and films uh, just with that, like, organization. Um and he was also like an assistant to uh he worked as an assistant to the composer Patrick Doyle. Um and that kind of got him in a film, and that's where the link to like the Much Ado About Nothing film. Um he worked on that under Patrick Doyle. Um so that's kinda like when he got his start in film. And since then he has composed um a ton. So he's composed Ants, Chicken Run, Shrek, the entirety of the Bourne series, I think, Drumline, Agent Cody Banks, uh, The Italian Job, Robots, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Ice Age, The Melt, oh, I think all the Ice Ages actually, or at least most of them, Happy Feet, uh, a bunch of X-Men movies, um, Kung Fu Panda, Hancock, and How to Train Your Dragon. I He's oh. done a ton. Oh. Yeah, he's done a ton. Yeah, so John Powell, um, super super influential and, and has done super experience has done a lot of things very talented and the fact that he is the least well-known person on this uh group of like, composers and, and musical artists matt like impressive so the other composer was the wonderful hans zimmer who who we've actually already talked about um no. on the podcast with because he did the prince of egypt which we talked about extensively the musical composition of that movie and how amazing it is. Um, so I don't remember what all I talked about on that episode, but just Talk about again. a few notes here. Um, so he's German, obviously film composer and record producer. Um, he has composed for over 150 films during his like 
main career. Um, Tenure. And yeah, and so he's actually, he's also been named on like the Daily Telegraph's like list of top 100 living geniuses, which is facts because his music is just, it like moves my soul when I listen to his compositions and movies. And and one of the things I love about Hans <laughs> so epic. <laughs> I hate you. But the thing I love about Hans Zimmer, and this is this is just the mark of a I'm really dragging this out. You said you had a time limit. <laughs> it's fine. The thing I like the thing I love about Hans Zimmer, which is also just a hallmark of good, like not good, great composers. Good use of hallmark. Is um thank you. Is his like obviously good music should evoke a certain emotion within the listener and good music should um you should be able to understand the composer's intent with the music. Obviously, that's just good yeah. music, but it's you should understand the emotions it's supposed to elicit. Yes, yes, in any in any good piece or song. Um, but to me, I don't like with Hans Zimmer's music. It's it's not even just that I understand the emotion he's wanting me to feel, but even knowing that oh, this is the emotion this music is supposed to make me feel the music so perfectly encaptures all of the... You can't help to feel it. It's it's, it's, because to me, and I don't know how he does it, but his music so perfectly encaptures like the humanity of emotion. And I don't even know what that means or how to go about expressing that in music. But to me, like when I think about Hans Zimmer's music, it's that. It's that like, I don't just know... Which you do often. (laughs) <laughs> that's true think about Hans Zimmer music <laughs> um, it's just like it's not even like oh yeah yeah this music is to, is to be like angrier this music is frantic or this music is wondrous or whatever it's like it's not even just it expresses the emotion but it expresses the emotion in the context of the human experience and I don't even know how that's possible so I'm just giving all kudos to him yeah like what the fuck with being able to like so perfectly encapsulate the human condition through music toots and beats right like through literally just frequencies of sound waves vibrating through the air wild um but yeah so he um he actually appears in the music video for video killed the radio star which i love that song primarily because of a dance dance revolution uh which has that song on it and i danced to many many times throughout middle school um so he actually got an opportunity to work on Rain Man, which is one of the first like films he composed on. And it actually ended up kind of setting his career off. Like that's kind of what um, got him kind of a little more well known within the film composition industry um, and got him kind of on the path for uh, the brilliance of his career. So since then, he's worked on Driving Miss Daisy, Bird on a Wire, Thelma and Louise, The League of Their Own, The Lion King, Muppet Treasure Island, obviously Prince of Egypt, Spirit Style of the Cimarron, um, The Ring, The Last Samurai, Something's Gotta Give, Shark Tale, Madagascar, the entire Christopher Nolan Batman series, uh, Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, and The Da Vinci Code. Honestly, uh, Muppet Treasure Island is the best depiction of Treasure Island. Objectively. Objectively. Yes. Tim Curry. Long John Silver. Yes, like I, I love, I love it. Treasure Planet, but we got Cabin Fever. We got Cabin Fever. We got fever. Cabin Fever. Oh my gosh, I, it's a uh, good song. I'm gonna when like, I when think I, like, of the phrase home, Cabin Fever, that is my only real. I, I think for of Kermit yeah. the Frog. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, I love the Muppets. Oh, yeah. So then, the last major water. musical artist involved with this film 
the soundtrack was done by none other than Elton John. Sir, than Sir Elton John. I know we've said this multiple times, but legitimately, if you don't know Elton John, how? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Name three. But, so if somehow you do not know Elton John, I'm sorry for you. Um, no. But, uh, so he is the Sir Elton Hercules John, uh, which I believe is his current, like, official legal name. Wait, what's the middle name? Hercules. 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 <laughs> um, but he was born uh, Reginald Kenneth Dwight, which I Which also love. is a dope name. <laughs> right? I really like the name Reginald. Uh, yes. Low Reggie? Forget yeah. about it. Um, yeah, El- uh, Sir Elton John is one of the most, I would say, iconic... Um, or I would say, I would say one of the most iconic, renowned, world famous pop stars, even now, like not even um, just back in like the, uh, the my 80s parents and 90s. And stuff saw like, him in concert this past year, or like 2019 oh, or something like the that. The honor. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Elton John is a is an iconic musician. A musical artist um and musician and and musician um he has won like truly i don't even know if i can list all of the awards um but like suffice to say he has won about two dozen or more um just grammy awards let alone academy awards uh brit awards golden globes um Yvonne Novello Awards, MTV Music Video Music Awards, like Tony Awards. He is truly an amazing musician. I think, again, similar with like Hans Zimmer, just like the way we were talking about the soundtrack and like the songs, and again, how the songs fit so very well within the overall Hans Zimmer soundtrack and the way it all works together and the way those songs on their own, even if you just listen to the lyrics and um, and focus on the singing those songs also do a perfect job of evoking the exact right emotion and also really maintaining the theme and the musical motif of like adventure and excitement and novelty and wonder within the overall soundtrack. And I think like that alone is an amazing display of Elton John's like masterful craft of his of his art. Yeah. Yeah. So now. So now. Raven and I. And it's going to be rough because, like, I'm definitely feeling it. Oh, I'm, I'm drunk. Playing, and I'm playing the bassoon. Ooh. Yeah. But you have the so. easier part, right? Wait, um, what song are we doing? Not again? A hard we're doing, part. We're doing uh, the Trail Blaze, right? We're doing the trail oh, place. Yeah. That's um, all just hard. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So we're going to play it. We'll see how it goes. We're both drunk. Everyone. 
everyone. In addition to our other nonprofit partners, I would like to do a quick plug for the Dodario Foundation. The Dodario Foundation is a nonprofit grant-making organization that provides monetary and product support to high-quality music instruction programs on the front line to improve access to music education. And every single cent raised goes directly to getting kids involved in community music programs, acquiring and maintaining instruments, providing college scholarships, and supporting new innovations in music education across 41 U.S. states and 189 cities. They accept monetary donations, of course, but also instruments. So if you have an old instrument that you no longer use, please consider donating it to the Dodario Foundation, where they can get it into the hands of a student in need. However you're able to contribute, you can go to dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That is Dodario Foundation, D-A-D-D-A-R-I-O, foundation.org slash about slash donate. Now please enjoy the sultry sounds of me and Campbell destroying music. <laughs> yeah, I know. I messed up a lot too around the same section, but we oh. were together. Oh, di- okay. Oh, interesting. So, okay. I think so we should I, start at, I think we should start at 25. So, okay. So, uh, one, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping, probably I'm hoping, pissing off my neighbors right now too. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I'm hoping that this manages to continue, but this is the, this is the most I've ever actively listened to you during this, which is, I, I know I'm supposed to be listening to you because you're my partner, but like I'm for some sorry. reason, what? It doesn't sound good. No, no, Campbell, that's not what I meant. Also, you sounded really good. Anyway. I know that's not um, what you meant, but I'm just like, uh, yikes. Oh, no, no, no. So, like, so it's one of those things where, like, I know I should be, like, listening to you and stuff like that because we're playing together and that's But like, at the same time, we're through Zoom. You shouldn't be listening through me because then you'll be wrong. Also that, yeah. But I'm so focused on trying to play my music because I'm drunk that, like, I'm not actually listening to you. But this is the most I've been listening to you. And it, I feel like we were, like, really together. Also, you sounded good. So, yeah, let's pick up to... Let's start at 25, you said? Well, just start at 25. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sorry. Kim, let's do that again. I thought um, there was a key change, but the key change was the next measure. The double bars confused me. I don't know why they're there. Oh, I thought you were stopping because of me, because I played an E minor. I can't of hear e, you. Or an E flat. Oh. When we okay. play, I can never, like, most of the time I can't hear you unless I'm, like, really trying. Wait, so then how do you always and then I'm not, play a note wrong? That, but I'm, like, not in a state right now where I can. Usually when I play bassoon, I don't know. Oh, okay. Because it's just okay. louder. Yeah, so that's 25. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, okay. We sounded fine. We were, we were together really well. We ended correctly. I immediately started laughing because th- my second to last measure, um, that uh, was that. Uh, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. My measure 45, that second last one, I played so incredibly wrong. We were not together because I didn't get to that measure. What? But didn't you end at your... Oh, no, you didn't. Wait, so... Wait, <laughs> wait. We got a measure off from each other. It was just one measure. Oh, okay. I was really confused. Which is fine. I was like, I ended on my... I ended on the whole note there. So we're playing 125? Yes, 25. 
three, four. I think certainly not our worst. I, I think, think this really was good. good enough. I think we crushed that Campbell. And maybe this is just me being really drunk. I don't know. But I feel like that was... Crazy. I mean, I really like hearing it, so... Yeah. Um, listeners? Um, we just played um, The Trail We Blaze? In quotation marks? In quotation marks. Um, how would you rate this uh, movie? I can go first. No, I was right. I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Got it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, like I, um, because I was thinking I love this movie. However, there are a lot of like problematic things with it that I feel like kind of akin to like a lot of our conversation in this episode. Like I feel like I'm kind of just really thinking about actively in regards to this movie. So I would say, I think if you had asked me when I was younger, this would be higher. But I feel like my rating would be a solid, like, 6 out of 10. Like, the music... Oh, mm, maybe 7. 7 or 6. 6 and a half. Because, um, like, the music is beautiful. Um, and it is really great at the story it depicts. But I think the story that depicts is fundamentally a little problematic. What about you? Um, I would give it like a five or a six. Okay. So then we're on par with like our general generosity when it comes yeah. to uh, rating um, films. Yeah. Like if it's like really trying to be accurately depicting these things, nothing. I would not give it a rating. Yes. But if I'm treating it as like purely fiction, which it is and should be considered that, which yes. you can't separate because it's still in like perpetuating these like harmful stereotypes. I would give it like a, I would give it a five. Cool. Um, Campbell, because so, you always ask me this. Yeah. Campbell, where can you find? Where can our listeners find us? I literally have no idea. Literally. <laughs> you can find us if you have any uh, suggestions, <laughs> requests, fact checking. If there's anything you said, it's like that's not true. That's not what that word means. Oh, or yes, that's not please. the musical term. Let us know. Because what Raven and I love is to be correct, is to be yes. right, to be know-it-alls. That said, if we're wrong, we want to know because that means we can be right. More a- right in again. the future. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right more Which often. is a little bit of a fucked up uh, perspective on it, but also... I don't care. We don't, we don't mind constructive criticism because of that. So, yeah, so yeah, that, if, if we're wrong about something, like that, please tell us. Yeah, so you can email that at boozegoals at gmail.com or you follow us on Instagram at, at boozegoals. Um, or if they're like, on a depending on the podcast podcast platform, please like us, yep. comment, write reviews. I don't know all that good stuff. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> I just took off my glasses uh, sensually, and Raven said, "Ooh." Because <laughs> you took them off sensually. Yeah, it was a bit, and that's like the reaction I wanted. But Commit then I was like, "To the bit, okay, bye, listeners." Okay, bye. <laughs>